Hey, hey, Job. Hey, again. Can you tell me about Bane? Um, Why Bane? does he wear the mask? Oh, to not get coronavirus. Oh. Well, that makes a lot of sense, actually. He's, he was the only safe one in Gotham. Yeah. Was he there reckoning because he uh, brought the corona to Gotham and infected everybody with it? No, he just blew shit up. Oh. I don't think that's how that virus operates. Nope, it's not. Necessarily. But yeah, we live in a... Oh, hello, everybody. We currently live in a... In, in, in fact, America. <laughs> hello. In, in fact, America. Yeah. In fact, America. Here we are. So, for a little bit of context, we live in northeastern Ohio, where we're starting to get hit pretty hard by this damn, their damn corona. It, just, it, it got really bad into Cleveland, which is very close to us, and now it is basically here. Yeah. Now, first none of off, us have it yet. <laughs> I would like to issue uh, an apology, because last week I was an idiot person, and I was all like, I don't know, I don't think it's no big deal. <laughs> On the podcast, I said this. Yeah, and now um, here we are. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking amazing. Here's the thing, man. My birthday was on March 4th, and when I blew out my candles, in my head, I went, all the boomers die. But this is not necessarily what I meant, but here we are. <laughs> I think what's the funniest thing about all of this is, so I work in service, right? Yeah. Which means, one, I'm especially vulnerable to the virus, and two, I get to sit there and watch um, all the boomers come out all day and not give a shit. Yeah, it's really weird how the people that are caring more about, you know, quarantining and being careful are, are the younger generation who is people, least susceptible to the right. virus. It, it's, all, it's all the people that aren't going to die. The old people being reckless and being like, I already bought my tickets to go on this cruise. I'm still going. It's fine. What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't know, man. There's like... You just kind of got to... just Do whatever you can to keep yourself safe in times like these. You know, try to do the best to, you know, keep your family and friends safe, too. You can only do so much for the idiot fucking boomers who, uh, based, I guess at this point, just kind of want to die. Yeah. So you just kind of got to let them do what they're going to do. What makes me nervous about it is, um, I just don't want to get anybody else sick that, that I can contract from a big fucking dumbass idiot who doesn't give a shit. Yeah, me either. Uh... Just doing my best to uh, basically limit social contact with people that are uh, uh, old. Like, I got a grandma that I'm not seeing right now that lives with my mom. Trying to avoid going over there. It is what it is. I'm hoping that this situation is better in a couple months, but my country doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me ever. No. Uh, so we'll see. Who, me, say political stuff? Oh, oh, here we go. <laughs> Who, me? <laughs> Trump's response to this has been a fucking disaster. And he made the first move for causing this to be a shit show in 2018. When he cut 
all of our fucking epidemic staff. Yeah. And yeah. then, which which is, that entire section is designed, they're all people, scientists, employed by the White House, whose job is to monitor any diseases or epidemics that are going around, mm-hmm. or pandemics, which great, is what great we're in. Great timing on that decision right there. And then being able to be prepared and start working early to mitigate these kind of things. And that office didn't exist anymore. Because Trump eradicated it to save money because, you know, one big build, – build big wall. <sighs> Got to build that space force. So, yeah, now every That way we can go is, infect aliens with the coronavirus. Yeah, every motherfucker's <laughs> grilling him now. I mean, I understand high sight's 2020, but um, it always seems like as soon as you do something like that, shit comes to bite you in the ass. Maybe just don't build a stupid fucking wall and you wouldn't have to make those kind of cuts. Mexico is uh, one of the countries that isn't being completely fucked by this, by the way. <laughs> Oddly fun. enough. But secure our borders, please. Whoa. <laughs> anyway. So that all being said, uh, our stupid corner of the world, as in uh, the Republic of the Gen and Jub show. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm hoping we won't be affected by this too much because I still like enjoy uh, talking about garbage. Yeah. So uh, as far as we know, garbage. Besides, besides a slight delay we had this week, which wasn't uh, even really related to Corona anyway. I guess. But no, this hey, episode will be published on Sunday. Okay, I hope so. So yeah, it's Saturday now. Yeah. So the episode will be up on Sunday. Probably around like th- between three and five p.m. I'm glad that they know that. Right in the in the future, yeah, when it's already know. out. Right. <laughs> it, it, you'll know that if it's Sunday. Backwards news. If it's Sunday past three or five p.m. Yeah, I've done my job. Yeah. If not, then you could shoot me. <laughs> Something came up more important than Batman v Superman, which isn't tough. to Oh, do. it's everything. This episode's <laughs> never going up. <laughs> Fuck. No, but anyway, I'm just I'm saying for the foreseeable future, uh I mean I don't know. I assume episodes might get sorta of delayed and not come out entirely on time. Hey, how abnormal. But like it uh, depends. We'll a lot see. of it a lot of it has to do with like how it affects us. Um as yeah. people on all and where we're located. So for the time being, um me and Genhart are perfectly okay with getting together for a few hours every week to do this shit. Um if it gets worse we will then have to record remotely. Yes. Which is something I am perfectly capable of doing. I guess that's possible. I don't really have a whole lot of equipment to do that with, but I'm sure we can throw together um, something. I will. What I'll probably do is lend you this. Uh-huh. Or one of these, one of our microphones. Yeah. With an adapter, mm-hmm. a 3.5 millimeter adapter, that can plug into the headphone slot of either your phone or tablet. Well, phone recording might not be great. I mean, well, yeah, we will test things the out. The quality for sure, is going if to it suffer. comes to that. Yeah, the quality is going um, to suffer no matter what we do, and we're just going to kind of have to deal with it. And so will our audience. By and large, it shouldn't be too much of a hassle because, uh, you know, even so, recording remotely wouldn't be the worst thing to me. No, we can even watch the movies independently and figure out ways to do that. Dude, no, you could watch party that shit on Discord. Fuck. That's true. That's true. You could like you could like run it on Amazon on my PC or whatever. Mm. If I have to watch Suicide Squad by myself, I will 
commit suicide squad. No, you can, <laughs> dude, you, I can, what I can do is I can, but I can rent the movie, right? Yeah. And then screen share with you on Discord. Okay. And then you can just watch the movie with me. Interesting. Okay. So, like, we can... I'm not the least bit worried, because this podcast is 100% capable to be done remotely. It, it's at least, you know, simplistic enough, because all we do is uh, say, Hey, hey, Jusby, did you hear about fart noise? And then you're like, yeah, did you hear about burp noise? Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then we talk about a bad movie. Right. And then we go, that was bad. Exactly what's going to happen today. That's our structure, and it's what's going to happen today, and I don't think that will be at risk. Ever. Ever. (laughs) It's not going to be at risk during a literal pandemic. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. As long as one of us doesn't get sick, then then we're ultra fucked. As long as they release Resident Evil 3, I will not go into the streets and start stabbing people. Oh, I, I, I that's 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 about it. I already very loudly declared that uh, I don't care what kind of state we are in come Friday. Animal Crossing I will be picking Doom. up my copy of Animal Crossing and yeah. I will I will tear gas, stab, <laughs> shoot my way in. One Animal Crossing, please. And then like Isabel walk in. And by all of that extreme shit I just said, I meant I'm going to put on gloves and a mask. Right. And I'm going to walk in and get Yeah. Are you not getting Doom or no? I'm not getting Doom right now. No. Animal Crossing is going to take up way too much of my time, my guy. There's no reason to get Doom right now. I'm going to get Doom further down the line. I haven't played Doom 2016 yet. It's really good. You can play whenever you want, buddy. I have it. You can just play that shit. We'll do that. This is a rambling intro, which is uh, not atypical. It's very typical. Right. Fuck you, Ken Hart. This is a great program. Roll song. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Welcome. To the Gen and Jub show. That's Gen. Hey, how's it going? Um, Jub! How you doing, gamers? What are you doing? <laughs> How you doing, gamers? Have you, loved, have you risen <laughs> the fuck up yet? Man, this is the prime time for them. Everybody just sitting at home, getting on the Steam, getting on the PS4. Yeah, literally everybody's on fucking Steam yeah. right now. They cross, I think, what did I say, 20 million users? Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. This is the gamers' time to rise up. It is, absolutely. And they won't. Yeah, no. They'll just sit down and play game. Right. That's fine, though. I mean, that's a good thing to do during during uh, during uh these troubling times we're in. I know. I've been playing a lot of game. None of them good. I'm just kidding. Some were good. I have, and I've been cleaning my entire house. <laughs> but now I'm just about finished, so I can actually play game. So you don't got any game stuff to get into? I have a little bit. Um, yeah. the, the only game I played for a little bit at all so far this week has been uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, yeah. That looks really good and also really fucking sad. Yeah. But really good. But it's really good. Yeah. I haven't gotten any of the really sad stuff yet, but I know it's coming. I'm still where it's not that sad yet. You have no idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching your brother play it a bit, and it's fucking... Oof. Was the first game like that? Uh, a little bit. All right. I don't know. I never played it. The first game was sad right off the fucking bat, dude. 
Okay. The 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 fucking like the creature that rages you just dies. Like, oh right wow! At the beginning of the game. It's like spoiler. Really sad. That's a good Pixar intro right there. And, no, dude, that's what <laughs> this is. That they are Moon Studios is completely unapologetic about just like literally making a fucking Metroidvania Pixar game. <laughs> it's like literally what they're doing. I'm okay with that. That sounds cool. No, no, cool. it's great. It's a great concept, yeah. and they execute it. Like they executed well in the first one, and they fucking nail it in Will of the Wisps. They they hammer down all the issues that the first game had. They do everything you're supposed to do with a sequel. It is really similar, but it is better in every aspect. That's what you're supposed to do with a sequel. I like sequels that uh, take what was well executed and just expand upon it. And then fix things that were right. bad. They literally, like... You don't have to reinvent the wheel, necessarily. Yeah. They just set it up so, like, when the first, like, hour of the game, they just give you all the movement options you acquired in the first game, and then just let you have that, and then spend the rest of the game giving you new shit. Nice. Banjo-Kazooie rules. Right. Okay. It's really cool. I like when games do that. The sequels. Yeah. In particular. Like, I got an ability that you don't get into, like... I think you're doing, like, the second dungeon or whatever, or third dungeon. Okay. Like, right at the beginning of the game. Nice. Here you go. Now now I'm moving around just like I remember in the first game. Feels very good. So you would recommend playing the first one before this one probably? You don't necessarily have to, Yeah. but I think uh, a lot of things in the game have a lot more impact if you play the first one first. And it's a great game anyway. So I recommend that everybody play it. Well, if it has that like upgrade system where like you are continuously upgrading in the first one. Yeah. And then in the second one as well, then I guess I would probably want to do it that way if I ever played it. Yeah, I mean like you still start off fresh. Yeah, in, sure. In the second game. But you're up you're mostly upgrading different shit because they changed around the way like combat's done and everything. Okay. The, the the options they have for combat now are great. Uh in the first game was a lot of like shooty stuff and like the throwing projectiles and stuff like that. Now that exists in this game, but the first thing it gives you and it obviously hammers home for this to be your main way of attacking. You literally get, like, this light sword thing, and it's cool as fuck. You just, like, whip around energy like a sword, and it has a really far reach, and you can combo really well with it, but it doesn't do anywhere near as much damage as your other abilities, at least for the time being. I don't know if you could probably upgrade it and make it better. I imagine. It looks like there's a lot of fights in that game. There's a ton. So The game is really heavy in its combat. You spend a lot of time fighting. It's, it's, it's all fighting and platforming. It's it's a Metroidvania game. All right. Very similar in aspect where you're going to be fighting a lot of enemies. You're going to be doing a lot of platforming. And it's, it's going to look damn good doing it. That game's gorgeous. That game's yeah. fucking gorgeous. Yeah, it's real good looking. It's one of the best looking games on the Xbox. Yeah. God damn. I love it. Speaking of gorgeous games. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I I beat Sonic Forces. Oh, did you? Know? Yeah, I did. <laughs> How was it, buddy? Oh, it was annoying, but I liked it. But I hated it. That's my review. Five out of ten. Literally in the middle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like I don't know. I guess I I don't know. It's not. See, it's not bad. But the problem I have with the game is. 3D Sonic has always been executed strangely, in my opinion, and the physics are wonky and don't necessarily work as well as they should in about just about every 3D Sonic game I've ever played. Clearly, he works better in 2D. Now, there are 2D sections and levels in this game, and those, for the most part, work way better. 
Like even the big sprawling 3D levels transition to a 2D plane and you're controlling like modern Sonic in a 2D plane or the avatar character. Your gamer. My dog gamer was the what I went with. Oh god. Gave him the hat, gave him a headset. <laughs> <laughs> Which like he had big droopy ears, so it just like went inside his ear and you couldn't even see the headset. Uh, ear earphone thingy. As there in spirit. <laughs> and uh, he had a skull shirt because he's edgy. And he had some good boots that were yeller. Uh, but I unlocked Crocs. You know, I don't know. If I want to plat that game, which I'm thinking of not doing it because it seems like a grind and a half. I got to make other avatar characters. Like how much do you really want to play Sonic for? Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, oddly enough, uh, while I was playing it, all I could think about was, like, I would I would honestly rather play Sonic Adventure 1 or 2. Right. And, like, I just got done saying that even those games have wonky 3D Sonic controls, right? Yeah. Those aren't good games. They're flawed. But I like them anyway because they're really fucking funny in an unintentional way. Right. But, like, if I want to play a Sonic 3D game, they're all janky, so I might as well play a good one. And Sonic Forces is an okay one. That game is ridiculously short. And to make up for how short it is, that's why the grind is so big. In order to plat that game, you have to get... Every level has, like, you know... Kind of like how in the new Super Mario Brothers games, there's like uh, coins throughout the stage that you get that okay. are like big coins. Yeah. This has red rings. Yeah, makes sense. And you got to get five in each level, uh-huh. except for like boss stages, I believe. Uh, so I've been, I started looking up guides to get those, and it's kind of just like, you know, you got to like pause and find out where it is and then get it and then fail and then try again. And then you can't go back because it's a Sonic game. It's kind of annoying. It's an annoying process to get all of those. So I was thinking, like, do I want to do that? And then, like, after you do that, there's more in each level. There's, like, numbered rings that you have to get in an order. And then there's other ones that are more hidden. And then, like, you know, as you go through the game, you, like, level up your avatar guy. And once you get three gold medals... (laughs) Like, it, like it's it's a valor system. Like, because you're a soldier, Justin. Oh. You're a soldier in Sonic's war oh, against Jesus. the Eggman forces. Jesus So why it's called Sonic Forces. You're oh. the Sonic Forces. Oh, God. Like, you're, like, it's the armed forces. But instead of, instead of guns, they have, uh, you know, like, hedgehogs. <laughs> Help me. But, like, yeah, so... You have to level up every single type of avatar to max rank. And I haven't even leveled up the initial dog that I made. And I've beat the entire game and started to do extra content. Let alone the fact that you got to S rank every stage. And do a bunch of other extra shit that's on your missions tab. I don't know if it's worth going through the grind. Doesn't sound I like I might it, buddy. play it a little bit extra because... I do like some of the levels. There's a lot of creativity in the designs of the levels. And I actually like playing as the Avatar more than cl- modern Sonic. Classic Sonic levels are probably the best, though. That's probably just a holdover from Generations. Yeah. Which is also an okay game. It just has, like, really fun 2D levels and pretty okay 3D levels. Yeah, and I, and I kind of like the approach that game had where it would, like, it took... 
modern Sonic levels and interpreted them into a 2D stage and vice versa. That's kind of an interesting idea. But I kind of just felt like playing Adventure 1 because at least every single stage is super unique. Sometimes to its detriment. (laughs) But like Adventure 1 has like six campaigns and it doesn't feel like short, but it doesn't feel like grindy either. Right, because you're just playing all the different I feel like I might just play that if I, because I, I, I've been hankering for terrible Sonic for some hey man. reason. It's been on my brain, maybe because the movie came out, but which I haven't seen, but hey, whatever. Hey, man, I got on the Dreamcast, you whipped that shit out, popped the physical disc in. I'm thinking of buying it on PS3. Boot that shit up, go. That's true, but it's on PS3 for like three bucks right now, and I might get it. It's like, fuck it. Want? I want it. I want to have it. You hear the disc go, rat, 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 in the yeah, Dreamcast. Yeah, Dreamcast does do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I love the Dreamcast. It's a good console. <laughs> Speaking, oh. of, I was, uh, speaking of Dreamcast <laughs> yeah. stuff, I, uh, I started replaying Marvel vs. Capcom 2 again from the hype. Going thank you for a ride. I, I love that game, and I haven't played it in a very long time. Yo, it looks hard as fucking it, balls. Dude, sweet Jesus, I forgot everything. Yeah. I don't remember how to do fuck all anymore. Like, I I was getting fucked up by the easiest the easiest difficulty in arcade mode. Mm-hmm. When I used to be able to blow through that shit in, like, the second, second hardest difficulty. Back on the Dreamcast days. So I have no fucking idea. <laughs> You'll have to work at it if you want to. I'm using a totally legal emulation system to play uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. On uh-huh. the PlayStation 2. Yeah. Well, I'm sure the method you would have played it on the Dreamcast would have been super legal as well. I mean, I own the game. Oh, okay. Well, actually... <laughs> I can technically legal... I can actually... Do you own the game or do you quote-unquote own the game? No, I actually own a physical copy of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the Dreamcast. Oh, okay. Um, See, like... All right. I... Fuck it then. What happened to the one with the Michael Jackson music? In it? Oh my god! I don't know. I'm so sad about it. Just, Justin had at one point a bootleg copy because yeah, because Dreamcast, Dreamcast let you do it. Yeah, you just take a CD-ROM and you, and you put the ISO file onto it, and it just reads it. Yeah. So yeah, we found a version of it online because my I have a physical copy of Marvel vs. Capcom too, but it skips really bad. Yeah, because it's old as fuck. Right. And I was a dumbass kid when I had it. So I, I I fucked with the disc a little bit. I fucked up the disc a little bit just from not taking good care of it. So I got we got this ISO. Like, we're just gonna burn a copy so it works better. So we got this ISO for it, and we found it online. It just looked like they said nothing extra on it. Just said Marvel vs. Capcom two for Dreamcast. I'm like, okay, put the ISO on the disc. We punched it, pushed that shit in the Dreamcast, started up. Immediately something's off. Michael Jackson music's playing. These motherfuckers went in. And replace every song in the game with a different Michael Jackson song. It was hype. <laughs> what a weird decision, though. It actually fits perfectly. <laughs> well, he had some good tracks, you know. What can you do? It's weird now. It's super weird now. I think, like, the clown stage had the way you make me feel, which is, like, great. <laughs> Billy Jean was on one of them, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Was uh, Smooth Criminal on one oh, of them? Oh, yeah. It was like all, all the popular Michael Jackson songs were in that game. So, like, are we at a point in society where they're just playing his stuff on the radio again? Like, or did they actually stop? I haven't really heard anything on the radio lately, but I listen to Michael Jackson on my own time. Yeah. Well, I was just wondering, because, like, so... That's such a weird, like, public perception history of the man. Oh, yeah, very much Because, so. like, you have... Allegations come out, everyone hates him now. Right. But then people still listen to this shit. Because it's classic pop songs. Right, it's good music. And then everyone, like, he dies. 
And then all of a sudden his music is everywhere and no one is talking about that particular aspect of his life. Right. And then... And then... Flips again. It flips over again, post his death, <coughs> when... Uh, it's a documentary uh, came out. Yes. I was trying to remember the name of it. it was it Leaving Neverland? Yeah, it's called Leaving okay. Neverland. Um, so, yeah. Like, I mean... Fuck him, he was probably a piece of shit. But... There's good songs, though. Oh, yeah, and I hate songs. that, because that's like the worst... That's the worst place to be in with an artist. And I hate how, like, common it is, too. Because, like, by and by, a lot of people are a piece of shit. Wow, really? And that sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, I love John Lennon. However, I don't love John Lennon He, beat his, he literally beat his wife. <laughs> Giant piece of trash. But, yeah, anyway, that was just, like, so weird. Like, I don't know. Does that mean you could just... Make your own version of Marvel's well, Cap. You just go. In Let's the, make one with Neil Cicerega songs in it. I, I that'd can, be lit. I could see if it's really that easy to go into the files of the ISO. I'd imagine it is. Yeah. And then you just have to go in and replace the audio files. I'd imagine. But that you that used also, to do that when you had uh, uh, Brawl PM. Yeah, that was very easy with PM. Yeah. Literally, you just opened it up and the tracks were there. That was super easy. And yeah. if it's almost as easy with Marvel's Capcom too, I'm down. You put a Luda Luda song on one of the Absolutely. stages. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was that was the best, dude. And I'd do it again in Marvel vs. Capcom too. The Abominable Ho Man. Oh, that's the song that I put on yeah, there. That's you, right. Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, what man. a dumb line. <laughs> it's so good, dude. Now, I'm down to do that for Marvel vs. Capcom too. I'm gonna be messing around with it a lot more, uh, a lot of it, because just because of the hype from Evo. And one thing I actually really love about that game Please is still like happen, Evo. it's like doing the grind to like get all the characters. Actually, I actually enjoy doing it. I like that that game has a system for unlocking characters. It's really remember it's, when you could do that yeah, in a video game and they weren't just all DLC. Yeah, especially for fighting games, that's the biggest change to fighting games I can think of in the modern era. You think about how big the rosters of these games are, and are. Our closest modern equivalent to Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is probably Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle. Yeah, which is like all a DLC fest. Right. For all its but yeah, the thing is, it has like maybe a, th- a quarter of the cast that the starting roster of MVC 2 is. Yeah. And then it has all of this DLC, where if that was a game released in the early 2000s, it would just have all the characters on disc and then you would just unlock them. Yeah. It's so goofy how that has changed. And I understand that development costs are higher, but they're not that much higher. Unlockables are cool. Let it happen, damn it. I can't think of a game that had an... Well, I mean, like, I guess DBZ Fighters had one or a couple, but they were kind of weird to unlock. Yeah. Well, one thing that benefited Marvel vs. Capcom 2 a lot, and Blaze Blue has no excuse because it does literally the same thing, is that it reused a lot of assets from older games in in Capcom's collection. Right. A lot of the characters, for example, uh, Ryu, Sakura, Ken, all use their Alpha skins. Yes. From Alpha 3. Um, Sort of like all the Street Fighter characters, basically. Um, You have a lot of the... the X-Men characters use their fucking... Use the sprites from uh, X-Men versus Street Fighter. Like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Darksider characters just use their sprites from those games. Yeah, so they look yeah. different when they're, like, out. But, yeah. like, who cares? They somehow still all look good, so who gives a shit? Yeah. I remember that being, like, a joke and being, like, funny in a couple games. Like, uh, Capcom versus SNK 2. Yeah. Still has this Morgan sprite from, like... 
Darkstalkers 2. Yeah, and it looked mm-hmm. like absolute dog shit next to all the other newer well, yeah, sprites. Yeah, that was like on the GameCube and shit. Yeah. <laughs> but by, by the time you're there, you kind of have to make some changes. It was funny. It was like, that was like later on, too. That was like much later than Marvel vs. Capcom. I would love to get into Marvel vs. Capcom, too, because like I've never really... like It has so many characters that I love in it across both franchises that I would love to play as. It's one of the greatest fighting games ever made. It's, it's my personal favorite fighting game. Ever. Um... But now I'm terrible at it, and I'm pissed, and I have to relearn. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm be spending a lot of time just sitting down and relearning the game. I might go pick up a fight stick and relearn it on a fight stick, especially if I if I end up getting fucking quarantined anyway. I'll just fucking sit <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I'll just get a fight stick and just sit down and learn how to play on a fight stick, finally. Uh, it's coming. What else did I play? Oh. Uh-oh. Yes. Uh-oh. I started Resident Evil Revelations... No, oh. which is a game. Why don't you do that to yourself, buddy? It's not that. Good. I'm playing it co-op with your brother. Probably helps a little bit. Uh, that game is fucking hysterical. Yeah. Okay. Like, all right. So I wanted to play a game before Resident Evil Three came out, but I was like, I, you know what? I just played not too long ago Resident Evil Remake, Resident Evil Zero. I don't want to replay Resident Evil Two Remake. You got you got. I most play of the Resident way Evil Four all the time. You went most of the way through Code I Veronica. I don't. I and I don't want to play Code Veronica at all. Um, I don't want to play Resident Evil Five or Six. I don't even want to play Resident Evil Revelations, which I didn't beat, but I don't like it very much. Why don't you? Uh... So here we are with Resident Evil Revelations Two, and I kind of like it, but I kind of hate it. But it's funny enough playing it with someone else that I'm kind of enjoying myself. Well, that's good. So that game is really weird because they sold it as episodic. Yeah. It is four episodes. So each episode is also divided into two gameplay sections. The first gameplay section, you're playing as Claire Mm -hmm. and Moira Burton, Barry Burton's daughter. Right. So Claire is the gun character and gets weapons. Moira... Does not like guns and refuses to use them. I'm sure there will be some stupid story reason as to why. Because they kind of teased it a bit. And also, Barry is super into guns, so there has to be something that happened. Um, But instead, she just gets a crowbar and a flashlight. So, uh, me and Josh did... uh, Josh plays as Claire, and I played as Moira. So my experience playing as Moira is it's kind of interesting because the flashlight isn't useless. You if you can find like little glinty things on the on around the environment and shine it at them, and then now it's a pick up pick upable item like a treasure and key items and things. Interesting. And you could also shine it at enemies and stun them with it, and then the other player can beat their ass. It's kind of like an Alan Wake mechanic oh. where you can shine the flashlight at them. Like Alan Wake, it's to make the enemies damageable. Right. In this, it's to stun the enemies by shining a light in their face, and then they kind of do that Resident Evil thing where they're like, ah, my when face. Get, when they get flashbang. Like, like in Resident Evil 4, 4 right. yeah. That that lets you, like, kick them as Leon, and yeah. I, you, I'm pretty sure the other player can do this similar never thing in forget, this game. Never forget the sound, the kick sound, dude. Huh! <laughs> never forget it. Yeah, it's so, it's so good. <laughs> Leon is the best person he is the most badass man who has ever... He just... Why exit 
from the ground floor when you can jump out the window. Right. You know? Yeah. Hit A to jump out the window. <laughs> That was the instant I knew I was going to love that game when I first played it. You just jump out the window like a fucking idiot. Right. <laughs> like, okay, Leon. But anyway, back to this game. So there was a couple frustrating moments because being player two, you do have less agency than player one because you just don't have a way to damage the enemies that well. Right. You can hit them with the crowbar, but it doesn't do a lot of damage. You more have to, like, wait for them to be stunned or downed by the other player and then run up and do a, like, execution on them with the crowbar. You can't just, like, run around and, like, beat their ass with the crowbar like this is condemned. That's really interesting in premise, but I I guarantee that it's not the best in practice. It's not the best, but it's not frustratingly bad. Like, I'm still capable, at least. Right. And you also have, like, a dedicated dodge button, so you're not, like, completely, like, helpless as the other player character. So, when you get to the second gameplay section, you're two other characters. Player one, and me and Josh switched so that we each have a chance to be, like, gun people. Uh We just, like, literally switch controllers. Because player one's mapped to the gun character no matter what. Right. Player one is Barry Burton. And, uh, you know, he... Literally, it's so fucking based. He starts out with... Like, Claire, you have to find a pistol and find a shotgun. Yeah. Barry starts out with a pistol, a machine gun, and his magnum, which is usually a late-game Resident Evil weapon. Right. To balance it out, you only have six shots. Damn. And I didn't find any other ammo. (laughs) So that's... I'm gonna save that for the end of the game, I guess. (laughs) Which is fine. But it's funny, because I always pictured, like, Barry's only holding the Magnum in Resident Evil 1 when he's walking around and oh, shit. And yeah. I'm like, is he just one-shotting all the zombies that he comes across with Probably, the Magnum? Probably, dude. <laughs> Barry's a badass. Does he just have infinite Magnum ammo? Apparently not. Not in this game. Apparently he's got They had shots. to balance him out. So the other playable character, Player 2, is, um... The fuck's the little... It's a little girl. Yeah. Mysterious little girl. Uh, don't know much about her yet. Her name's Natalia. Natalia, I believe. So she has no flashlight. Barry has the flashlight, but it doesn't do... It's just to see. It doesn't do any functionality things like Moira's does. But the game still has like a lot of dark sections that you need a flashlight turned on for. So they gave it to Barry. Natalia has some kind of ability that lets her see enemies. And she can point at them. And go like, there's a monster over there. It's a monster. (laughs) Okay. But she could see the monsters as like wispy little like things on the map. Like, like kind of like Batman detective mode shit where Uh you can see them through the walls and shit. Okay. Okay. So that way you can kind of set up a combo kind of stealth attack where like, you know, I'll have Josh scope out the area before I go through it as Barry. And he'll be like, all right, there's like one right around the corner, like literally right around the corner. I'll be like, okay. And that'll let me like kill it without it attacking me. Right. Because as soon as it sees me, it attacks me. Also, as that character, you can pick up bricks. <laughs> oh, no. So, and then you could throw them <laughs> and bash the zombies with them. And the brick is like, 
we upgraded it before we even used it because we were laughing that this little girl <laughs> character is gonna have a brick as her weapon and like dude you can kill shit with that if you have if you get a good shot you could just throw the brick at a zombie and it dies <laughs> and it's so funny because oh like, my god josh was just throwing bricks all over the place and braining zombies as this like fucking seven-year-old <laughs> <laughs> like barry's like oh okay it's like at the beginning of the segment barry's like you have to stay here she's like no and he's like okay fine and then she's like more capable than barry <laughs> seven-year-old braining zombies with a brick uh, and you can get combo attacks off of that shit too. Like, you know, throw a brick at a zombie, it stuns it and downs it, and then run up his berry and crush its head. You know, good shit. Right. It's not fantastic, but I also only played the first episode. So, judging from that, I'm not like thrilled with it, but I'm interested and I'm going to keep going. Well, that's good at least. Because, uh, you know, the story at least is actually like somewhat interesting. It has a hook because. As revealed in the first episode, minor spoilers here for anyone that gives a shit. Uh, these timelines are separated by six months. And you, there's a big mystery as to what happened in those six months. Claire and Moira are, like, kidnapped and on an island against their will. Okay. And, you know, there seems to be, like, some kind of weird experiment happening here based around fear. And, you know, everybody else that's been kidnapped is dead except, I guess, Claire or Moira, seemingly. I don't know if there will be other survivors. It looks like it from the preview for episode two. But, like, they send out a distress signal at the end of the first episode, their part of the first episode. Then it goes to the Barry section, and when you finally find where they sent the signal from, it's been six months since this transmission was sent out. And then the little girl says, oh, Moira? I know Moira. Moira's dead. And then it's like, what? To be continued on the next episode. Oh, my God. And I'm like, all right. Now, I have some spoilers for that game that I won't get into yet. But, like, I know who the villain is of this game. And it is really, really, really stupid. It's really stupid, but I expect a sheer, a little bit, a little bit of stupid in Resident Evil. Otherwise, it wouldn't be Resident Evil. And this will tide me over until three comes out, I guess. Then I will obsess over that game, just like I did with two. Can't wait. That's going to be a fun time. Did you play anything else? Nope. I've only had a very limited amount of hours to play video games. Right. It's been a busy time. Between my job, getting this place cleaned out, and, uh, you know, virus stuff, I haven't done shit. Weehaw. F- trying to find toilet paper. I'm good. I bought toilet paper a lot. <laughs> I'm good, too, but, like, fuck people for just buying all the toilet well, they paper. They just go fuck off. Like, like, why don't you I'm, just buy enough toilet paper I'm always, <laughs> instead of the too much? I'm always in the habit of buying, like, enough toilet paper to last me a month every month. <laughs> okay. So, I never have to worry. I always have a month's supply of toilet paper in my house. But, like, other people don't do that, because why would they? I'm, I'm the madman here. <laughs> so, I feel really bad for all those people. That there's can't no reason not... There's no 
bad thing about it unless we're in this situation right now. Right. We're like, oh, now nobody gets toilet paper because there's a lot of people doing that. I don't know what the obsession is with toilet paper. Well, like these people are buying more than a month's supply of toilet paper. That's the problem. A month's supply of toilet paper for even like a family of four is like like probably like 15, 20 rolls of toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. Or at if least that. it should be. If that. Probably people less. waste the fuck out of toilet paper yeah. by using too much of it. I know that. Oh, yeah. People use way too much toilet paper. It's stupid. Speaking of using too much toilet paper... <laughs> I guess it's time to talk about some shit. It is. No amount of toilet paper will wipe this up. This movie is forever crusted on my ass. (laughs) I believe that's a quote from Ben Affleck. Yeah. Hi, Ben Affleck. I'm sorry, buddy. (laughs) You were were one of the okay parts of this movie. No, he's a good Batman. Yeah, actually. I will say that now. He is good in this movie. He's better than this movie deserves. Yeah, I agree. Which is crazy. The Batman aspects of this movie are probably better than this movie deserves. Yeah. Because so, like him, I like Alfred. Really cool Batmobile. There's positives, for sure. There is. But man, goddamn, those negatives outweigh it. Oh, well, yeah. Like, by There's a shot. reason why everyone makes fun of this movie. We're talking about Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice, which is a mouthful, too long title. Right. Usually shortened to BVS by uh, most people I see. Yeah. I talk about this. Bivs. So Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, came out in early 2016. But the genesis of the idea to even make it began way back in the edgy year of 1999. Uh, if you recall from previous episodes, Warner Brothers post Batman and Robin <laughs> were uh, weighing their options and what to do with uh, their stalled Batman franchise. Not to mention their stalled Superman franchise after around the same time they were like, hey, Tim Burton, make Superman movie with Nicolas Cage. And then that crashed real hard and burned and didn't work out and I wish didn't it get it would have been interesting at least so new studio head at the time alan horn he wanted both batman and superman to be revived as franchises to fill out the gaps in his promise of five temple films a year from warner brothers uh you may remember some of this because we talked about it i believe in the catwoman episode yes one of these attempted films was Batman vs. Superman, pitched and set to be written by Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Seven and Eight Millimeter, pretty dark, edgy movies. Right. And directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who uh, directed The Never Ending Story and Air Force One with your boy Harrison Ford. That's interesting. Uh, Now, for unknown insane reasons, (laughs) the script was rewritten by Akiva Goldsman, the writer of Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Why? I don't know why they'd give him a job again after that, but whatever. All right, so the story of this canceled Batman vs. Superman feature. Uh, The story featured a retired Bruce Wayne set to marry his fiancée, 
Elizabeth Miller, new character, no continuity with previous films. Not that there would have been anyway. Right. There never is. <laughs> Batman's allies are all dead. Gordon's dead. Alfred's dead. Robin is dead. Maybe killed by Joker. Maybe. I'm putting that together in my own head. I haven't read this script. But he still has a friend in Clark Kent, also known as Superman, uh, who is set to be his best man at his wedding to Elizabeth Miller. On Bruce's honeymoon, his wife is killed by the Joker. Oops. (laughs) And this sends Bruce over the edge. Uh, He becomes more brutal and violent than before and seeks revenge. Clark tries to stop Bruce, and this sets the two against each other. Eventually, it's revealed that Lex Luthor is pulling the strings, uh, trying to get Batman and Superman to kill each other. Upon realizing this, the heroes decide to team up and go after their true enemy. Does this, uh, does this sound familiar to you? No, they never lost that, huh? No, that's been in place from the beginning for some reason. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, because they were both of these things were made by entirely different teams of people. Right. Both edgy, but there, and there's differences, but still, the key idea of an edgier Batman than we're used to coming to blows with Superman, and then they have to put aside their differences to go fight Lex Luthor, is the plot for both. Which is weird. Is is there just no other story you can tell about Batman and Superman? No, I think there's plenty you can do. In fact, I, I like the idea of a Batman and Superman fighting it out simply because of ideological differences and not having anything to do with anybody else. That's kind of the ending of The Dark Knight Returns, which yeah. everybody seems so inspired by on because of this for this concept. Right. I, I, I My favorite Batman superman thing it was in the animated series it was a three-part superman animated series episode called world's finest and it was a crossover between batman and superman yeah and just you know it was it was somewhat original because it was more like they were aware of each other but they were kind of interacting for the first time but there was no big like knockout drag out fight between the two they kind of realized early on that like you hero i'm hero different but same, let's beat up the Joker and Lex Luthor. <laughs> right. It's pretty simple, honestly. There wasn't any dramatic big thing going on. I liked that it was simple, actually. It was more like, let's show funny moments where they disagree and have little moments where, like, you know, Clark figures out Batman's secret identity because he fucking has x-ray vision. He finds out it's Bruce Wayne, and then Batman's pissed, so he puts a little tracker on Superman, and he doesn't notice, and then finds out that he's Clark Kent on his own. My God. It's such a good moment. Clark's like, okay, touche, and then crunches the little tracker, because <laughs> he's pissed, because <laughs> he got one over on him. Good moments like that. And also, like, good moments where, like, you know, Luther and Joker interact, because they're two completely different villains. Yeah. Smart. Do do that. I would have loved that instead of what happened. <sighs> really though, with the Joker that they had, not with that Joker. Or in the Lex no. that they have. I think you need a goofier Joker to interact with Lex and have it be funny. I don't know if we're ever gonna get that, but hey, whatever. 
So anyway, for this version, oddly enough, Christian Bale was in talks to play Batman because he was already in talks with Darren Aronofsky to be in Batman Year One. And then Josh Hartnett was going to be Superman, uh, who we know uh, from a way older episode of Gen and Jub where he played Lori's son in Halloween H2O. Oh, Oof. God. That oh, was man. a while ago. A long time ago. Uh, so the release date was set for summer 2004. Does that year ring a bell to you? Because that's when, you know, a different movie came out. <laughs> yeah, because, like, eventually Alan Horn and other studio execs uh, decided to pursue, pursue, like, individual films by the characters first. Maybe don't just jump headlong into a extended cinematic universe with just one movie maybe maybe don't do that they did it anyway. <laughs> oh my god uh they decided to pursue the much less dark script idea being floated by a young jj abrams called superman flyby uh which also never saw the light of day and instead mutated into the uh crappy movie superman returns not great no nope. not terrible not great I didn't like it. It's not good. <laughs> Maybe we'll watch that one day. I would like to watch Superman movies. However, we would have to watch this movie. So maybe we shouldn't. But hey, whatever. <laughs> we just skip this movie because we already talked about it. Oh, no, I didn't mean... I meant Superman Returns. Oh, yeah. We would skip these movies. We already fucking talked about them. Uh, this and Justice League, whatever else. We'd have to watch Man of Steel, ugh. <laughs> so anyway, and then Batman Begins entered production. So they're just like, yeah, we're just going to make this other Superman movie and this other Batman movie and just continue onward. But they still felt like they needed to fill that 2004 release date. So Catwoman happened. And then we moved on with our lives. Ugh. So let's flash, fo flash forward a bit. Fast forward, sorry, not flash forward. Who? My name's Flash Forward. Attorney at law. <laughs> David S. Goyer, ya boy. <laughs> he was writing Batman Begins with Nolan at the time of this quote, which, uh, you know, here's his quote. Batman versus Superman is where you go when you admit to yourself that you've exhausted all possibilities. Somewhat of an admission that this franchise is on its last gasp. Uh, these words would end up being... Ironic and prophetic. <laughs> Let's fast forward in time again <laughs> to where we left off. The Dark Knight Rises comes out. 2012. Same year as another big superhero movie, Marvel's The Avengers. Uh, a movie that changed how people looked at comic book movies. Marvel's uh, pulling off a series of solo films leading up to a team-up smash hit. Wow. How'd they, how'd they do it? And then DC is like, our only successful avenue right now is the Dark Knight films and nothing else. They're like, maybe we'll try Green Lantern. In 2011, that didn't work. Green Lantern didn't work. So they're like, okay, it's time to do Superman again. We have to catch up to Marvel. Marvel's, like, by the time BVS comes out... It's coming out at the same time as Civil War, I want to say. 
So Marvel's already trucking towards... Their universe is heavily established. (laughs) Yeah. And this is, you know, this is obviously a sequel to Man of Steel, which we'll talk about a bit. But, like... They were they were already like losing before they even started. Like you need time to like set up things. Man of Steel was a good attempt at that. Like it, that movie has its own problems, but at least at the very least, it's a Superman movie about Superman, and there's nothing else going on. So you could take that as you will. But then this movie happened, Batman versus Superman, where there's like maybe maybe too much happening. I know, just maybe, maybe, just maybe. <laughs> So yeah, you know, time for Superman. Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer hired to develop the story for a new Superman film, but uh, Nolan would only produce with Goyer writing the screenplay, which took him away from writing Dark Knight Rises, if you remember. Zack Snyder, the man, the myth, the legend, who had had uh, modest successes for Warner Brothers with uh, the films 300 and, to a much lesser extent, Watchmen, uh, was chosen to direct. Henry Cavill played Superman, and Man of Steel came out in 2013 and was a success at the box office, but a uh, critical response to its dark tone was mixed. Uh, now, this is a Batman retrospective, but BVS is a sequel to Man of Steel. Yes, through and through. So let's briefly discuss how we feel about uh, about that movie, just overall. I despise Man of Steel. I don't like it either. I don't know if I would go so far as to say despise. I think of the Zack Snyder DC Universe films... It's the most competent one. It's the most competent one. I I, I, dis- I disagree with its core premise, which is let's just make Batman Begins... With Superman. With Superman it's instead. Like, dude, it's literally <laughs> what it is. God, it's so frustrating to deal with. Because it's very Superman surprising to me that Nolan up. had a hand in that movie. He developed the story with Goyer, and then Goyer wrote it, and you would have thought that like that would have worked out a little better than what we got. Yeah, just didn't. Maybe you can blame Snyder more, but Dude, like I don't know. You in the script, man. It feels like it just feels like Batman Begins with Superman, <laughs> and you can't do that. I think Superman deserves a lighter tone. You can tell dark yeah. Superman stories, but if you're trying to establish him, you need to start off. I feel story. like maybe, yeah, I don't know. Which is weird because Nolan was initially inspired by the Richard Donner Superman film from the late seventies. Yeah. In making Batman Begins, so it's weird to me that he would fuck up the tone of Superman this bad. I really think it was Snyder. I don't know. Snyder definitely from day one has been more about let's make superheroes grim, dark, and edgy. That's yeah. why they chose him to do Watchmen. But, like, Superman is not any of those characters. And he doesn't work usually as dark and edgy. Yeah. If you, you already have that. I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, when Alan Moore writes Superman, he's not writing him like he's writing Rorschach. Right. <laughs> he writes him like he's writing Superman. His his Superman story is kind of dark. He has a couple, but like Superman's still like the character of Superman. His ideals and his feelings and his like the way he does things yeah. are similar to what you would expect. And then this movie comes and like I don't know. Misses the mark. 
It really does. And it, it's kind of a slog with all its flashbacks and its like yeah. weird narrative that flip-flops back and forth between and time it, periods. And then it turns into just like an absolute fuckfest of explosions. As 9-11 times 100 is happening on screen. Yeah, and then... Uh, and then it goes too far. That I used to think was a great moment was when he snapped General Zod's neck. Looking we, back, yeah, I think it's a terrible moment. I just think it's too edgy. So there's this moment I like in the Dark Knight Returns comic where one of those uh, gang members grabs a, a a baby and is holding a gun to the baby's head and says, I'll do it, Batman, I'll do it. And then Batman, for one brief moment, breaks his no-kill code. And shoots that dude in the head with a gun. Off of like another unconscious thug. And then picks up the baby from the dead dude's arms and says, I believe you. It's a super dark moment. It's fucked up. But I feel like it's still in Batman's character to do that. Because he is the one that will be uncompromising. He's the one that will do whatever it takes to save people's lives. Mm -hmm. He won't kill people usually but I feel like in that instant for a dark edgy Batman story that works <coughs> Snyder is obviously a fan of that moment he recreates it even in Batman v Superman Yep, almost word for word but th this is a similar moment in Man of Steel cause Zod is like I'm gonna kill this kid I'm going to laser his head off. And you can't stop me, Superman, unless you stop me, Superman. And I know you won't. So Superman snaps his neck. Because he had to. I don't think it works as well when it's Superman, though. Nope, not even close. Because I feel like the cool thing about Superman is he doesn't kill people because... For Superman, it's really easy to kill people if he wanted to. And granted, that's like a Kryptonian guy as well that he's fighting, but like, I feel like he would have found another way. I feel like it's possible. And writing this moment out as it is, is really edgy for no reason, and I think really misses the mark on what people want out of Superman and expect out of Superman. And it rubbed mm -hmm. people the wrong way. <laughs> it rubbed me the wrong way. Watching at the time, Batman shooting people because he was forced to is a real Batman ass moment. It's right. dark and gritty and fucked up and will not alter the character's psyche necessarily negatively because he's already grim, dark, and edgy. He's Batman. Right. Superman, this like would fucking haunt him. And they kind of go with the approach that like it would because they're going with this edgy, emotional Superman. It doesn't work one bit. So we're already starting from a point before we even get to Batman v Superman where our tone is consistently bad and overly dark. Dark, 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 dark. That retains. Yeah. Again, superhero movies in general seems to have taken the, uh, the, the wrong 
lessons from the Nolan trilogy and thought that all audience wanted was, you know, gritty dark realism when really as multiple movies before Batman v Superman came out showed, I think audiences want a good story more than anything else. Yep. Like Guardians of the Galaxy is not dark in the slightest. <laughs> it is fun and people ate it up. Same with a lot of the Avengers stories and they can have elements of both. And that's fun and great. Marvel pulled off a fairly dark story recently with Endgame concluding, yeah. but there's still lots of lighthearted, silly comic book shit in it. Absolutely none of that in these movies. No. No time for it. Gotta have Superman break a dude's neck and say, you cocksucker motherfucker, Zod. <laughs> I hate it. It's not a good movie. No. So then, that brings us yeah. to this. Right. To this shit. Despite getting a mixed response, DCWB decides to uh, give director Zack Snyder control of a sequel, with which he was uh, tasked with setting up a Justice League team-up film and jumpstart the DC Expanded Universe as well. I don't know how late this idea for this movie came in, where he had to start introducing all the characters at once, but whoever okayed it was stupid. (laughs) Uh, In 2013, Snyder announced the idea for the Man of Steel sequel at San Diego Comic-Con, stating that he and David S. Goyer, who wrote Man of Steel, would be developing the story. Ironic, isn't it? And Goyer (laughs) would write the script. (laughs) Inspiration included The Dark Knight Returns. Of course it is. I feel like I'm sick of saying Inspiration included The Dark Knight Returns Dude, for these it is movies. So much. I love The Dark Knight Returns, but not every Batman movie has to be it. And The Death of Superman, of course, uh as well as they said this not me, The Dark Knight Trilogy. They're inspired by movies that just happened and just ended just now. I, they are good, don't get me wrong, but I don't know. You don't have to actually just make the same thing again. I don't know. So eventually, Goyer's script would be rewritten after Goyer found himself torn between multiple project commitments. Does that sound familiar to you? Mm-hmm. Sounds familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man who would come in and rewrite the film was Chris Terrio. Who in 2012 won an Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay for the Ben Affleck film Argo. Uh, Since then, it has become incredibly apparent that Terrio uh, maybe isn't that good uh, with script work on uh, Batman v Superman, (laughs) Justice League, and then just last year, Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh... He has no, uh, I looked up what he's doing next and I found nothing and I hope it stays that way. (laughs) Terrio might have got the job thanks to Ben Affleck, uh, who was cast to play the new Batman. Uh, Affleck had previously played a superhero in everybody's favorite mid-2000s superhero film, Daredevil, uh, nearly a decade prior to BVS's release. At the time, Affleck swore 
he would never do a superhero role again. But as a fan of The Dark Knight Returns, uh, he was excited to approach the character as an older, more cynical, darker take on Batman. Which is a good one. It's fine. So Christian Bale, I believe, was approached first, though. And he declined to return to the role. Uh, which he said he would. <laughs> you can tell that they kind of started developing this, assuming that it would still be canon with the Dark Knight movies. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of elements that seem like they wanted this to be the Christian Bale Batman. Yeah, you could kind of Just tell. older and then he came back. Right. Which would be really weird continuity-wise. Because that would imply that he stopped being Batman and then came back and then Dark Knight Rises happened and then he stopped being Batman again again and then came back (laughs) thereby undermining a lot of what Dark Knight Rises tried to do. Maybe this and a billion other reasons are are why, you know, Christian Bale declined to return. Probably didn't wanted to work with Nolan only on that version of the character. And I, I respect that. Uh, Nolan, speaking of which, had input on who was cast as Bale's successor. but uh, And he was okay with Ben Affleck. But afterwards, he went more hands-off with BVS than he did with Man of Steel. Focusing on other films. Like uh, Interstellar. Which was probably a good move. Instead of, you know, looking at BVS at all. Don't do that. Don't look at it. Fan reaction to uh, Affleck's casting, if you recall, was uh, very negative. Uh, And now, with the recent casting of Robert Pattinson, uh, some fans are now decrying the new Batman and saying Affleck was good. Fans are fickle and should not be trusted, is what I'm getting at here. Here's a Zack Snyder quote for you. Oh, no. Are you ready? No. Here's him about using Batman in a sequel to a Superman film. (laughs) Not a good idea. Is that what he said? Quote, After Man of Steel finished and we started talking about what would be in the next movie, I started subtly mentioning that it would be cool if he faced Batman. You're in a story meeting talking about, like, who should he fight? If he fought this giant alien threat Zod, who was basically his equal physically from his planet, fighting on our turf, you know, who'd fight next? But I'm not going to say at all that when I took the job to do Man of Steel that I did it in a subversive way to get to Batman. I really believe that only after contemplating who could face Superman did Batman come into the picture. I disagree. I feel like you were thinking about Batman a lot, considering you made a Batman movie with Superman in it. Right, (laughs) yeah. That's exactly what I would respond to that with. It fucking... <laughs> he literally did it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He sees every fucking... I bet he sees every movie he makes as an extension of Batman Returns. The Dark Knight Returns, you mean? That's what I meant. They should have just let him make that. And make it like Watchmen and 300, where he just literally just adapted it word for word. It'd be fine. It would have been a better Zack Snyder film than these. Zack Snyder has a really big problem of doing his whole content. I think so. Yeah. See Sucker Punch. Actually, don't see Sucker Punch. <laughs> but, like, anyway. Sucker Punch is trash. So bro. the film 
On top of the already tall task of presenting a new Batman, having him fight Superman, and all this other shit, is set to introduce Wonder Woman to film for the first time. This is uh, Gal Gadot's cast, uh, then most well-known for appearing in uh, the Fast and Furious franchise. Now she's more swell, most well-known for uh, being Wonder Woman, which has uh, been an interesting breakout role for her, considering the source of when she first started as the role. Yeah, well, once That's again, interesting. Another character that was actually fine in this movie. She, I initially didn't like her in this movie. She was fine. But in retrospect, she is one of the only highlights in the barren wasteland that is this film. Uh, she's good. I think she nails the character immediately from the get. Mm-hmm. I kind of like her. I like uh, what, what, uh, one of the little things I like about her character in this movie is like when she's battling fucking Abomination or whatever his name abomination. is. Abomination. That's not Abomination. It's a Marvel character. Doomsday. It? Doomsday. That's yeah. it. I don't really give a shit. I know. Uh, <laughs> They're all big, loud, angry, grr monster boys. Right. So, so like, it, yeah. it, just, it just blends together for me. <laughs> so I like what she's fighting Doomsday. She like I like how she. You could like they do the subtle things with the character where she's like is enjoying it. Yeah, dude, it's she's awesome. like fucking turned on by beating the shit out of something. It's, it's neat. It's I like great. it. It's so much fun. Hell yeah, dude. And then a new Lex Luthor is cast as well. Let's get into maximum sadness mode. Yeah, this Jesse hurts. Eisenberg, oh. buddy. God, that hurts. He now here's where I get really mad. Jesse Eisenberg's originally in talks to play. Jimmy Olsen at the beginning of the film, which we'll discuss soon, but basically in the theatrical cut, we watched the extended half hour longer ultimate cut, which I had never seen and I was curious to see, so that's what we did. So he introduces himself as Jimmy Olsen in uh, in the ultimate cut. He does not do that in the theatrical cut. Yeah. Just a guy. Anyway, the original idea was to have Jesse Eisenberg play Jimmy Olsen, who just appears at the beginning of this movie and then gets shot. As Snyder describes it, quote, I thought if it were Jesse Eisenberg and he got out and he goes, I'm Jimmy Olsen, you'd be like, oh my God, we're going to have Jimmy Olsen in the whole movie, right? And then if he got shot, you'd be like, what? You can't do that. I said, I want to do this misdirect, and you'd be great. You'd be a great Jimmy Olsen. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And he was being very Jesse in the meeting, introverted, but constantly going, okay, I see, Uh uh-huh. So it's sort of a pop culture redirect you're going to do because of the certain status of an actor. As Eisenberg thought out loud, uh, this is, I'm I'm done with the quote, by the way, but uh, Eisenberg in the meeting acts really... nervous he acts like jesse eisenberg is what i'm getting at (laughs) he has a shtick i guess if you can call it that if you've seen zombie land (laughs) and the social network and whatever he is playing characters but that is who he is in interviews and things as well he's got a lot of nervous erratic energy jesse eisenberg yeah so snyder sees this And according to him, he thought about withdrawing the Jimmy Olsen offer. Like, maybe he wouldn't be right for the part. And then, after he left, Zack Snyder reportedly turned to his wife, Deborah Snyder, who also produced this film, but usually works with Zack Snyder on his projects. He said, 
Wow, that guy is crazy. Debbie, what about Jesse is Lex? So Snyder was impressed by him being a actual real life weird man. <laughs> and was like, what if he played the fictional weird man? <laughs> but, by the way, not actual weird man, mm-hmm. Lex Luthor. Yeah, What's intimidating I think about Lex Luthor as a character this is not a weird a man. a complete 180 to how the character should act, in my opinion. And from what they were originally going to do. Because as if to twist the knife, the knife further into my heart, Brian fucking Cranston was in talks and considered for the role before Zack Snyder decided to be a fucking idiot (laughs) (laughs) and just take Jesse Eisenberg, who he was interviewing for Jimmy Olsen, and make him Lex Luthor instead. Brian Cranston would have been the shit. Like, the movie would have still been bad. Don't get me wrong at all. Better. But I feel like he would have chewed the scenery and been evil as shit. I think we would have ended up... And he would have been a cool, intimidating presence because Cranston can act as fucking ass I'll tell you off, what, dude. Here's here's where it would end up, right? Just, just spinning this out in my head, right? You would end up with a film that has a bad script, uh-huh. a mediocre Superman, yeah. and everything else is good. Batman would have been good, Lex Luthor would have been good, Wonder would've, Woman would have been good, right? and I feel like the, maybe the entire reputation of the film would have been slightly different. Yes. I think slightly. It would have been, been better. Brian Cranston being in it and Jesse Eisenberg not being in it alone with no other information available to me, that Rotten Tomatoes score goes up 10 points. Right. <laughs> like, honestly. You know, Cranston ends up delivering a, probably a really fucking good performance. And now and now you have a cast that is almost 100% like He literally just has killers. to act like Walter White. I don't know what else. Yeah. It'd be fine. That's literally it. I am the danger Lex Luthor would have been cool. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a very angry, conniving man. And just like intimidating yeah. as fuck. Awesome. Him Perfect. delivering those scene-chewing speeches that Eisenberg says towards the end of this movie would have been actually really fucking good. Just picture the dialogue that Eisenberg says at the end of this movie when he's taunting Superman and when he unveils Doomsday, but it's fucking Brian Cranston saying it instead. The movie is instantly better. Right. It's not fixed. <laughs> Instead of like, but it's better when he says like, "This is your doomsday" or whatever. Um, probably, it, I probably would have went from like chuckling, like it, like, like oh, that was stupid, to fuck. <laughs> yeah, because it would have felt intimidating. The thing, the problem with Jesse Eisenberg in this movie is at no point does he actually feel at all intimidating. At, at no point. No, I don't know why. What they were trying to do. He feels like a fucking pipsqueak the whole time. He's annoying. He's he's doesn't feel very clever to me. Just seems like an erratic jackass the whole. He's fucking ten time. steps ahead of everyone else in this movie, but at no point does it feel like he should be or that it's earned. Uh, a, a character that gets compared to him a lot is the Joker. Heath Ledger Joker. Yeah. Uh, same kind of concept, trying to reinvent this old villain for a modern era and do it in a quote-unquote realistic way. I And I guess their answer to that was to have him be a 
You know, Jesse Eisenberg was good in social network as Mark Zuckerberg. What if Mark Zuckerberg so let's just make Mark Luther. Zuckerberg Lex Luthor, I guess. Like, but his mannerisms and his like weirdness, it felt like he was trying to do a Heath Ledger Joker. And his innate ability to piss in a jar and label it as <laughs> teeth. And also, he has that god tier, like, ten steps ahead of everybody plan. It's all part of the plan. And for the Joker, it's stupid, and we talked about that, how galaxy brain his plan is. However, he's intimidating as fuck. It it feels earned because the character is fucking, like, cerebral and ever-present, even when he's not on screen in that film. Yeah. Um, Luther... It's just a fucking... Just annoys me every time he's on screen. He's a fucking nerd, dude. Yeah. It, he's, you look you look at fucking Lex Luthor in this goddamn movie, and you just want to, like, slam him in a locker or, or something. <laughs> like, I don't... I fucking... Nerd. Oh, I want to knock his books out of his hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's Peter Parker before he gets the spider bite. Right, except dude, like, he's I, fucking Lex Luthor. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Anyway... Let's briefly go over who else is in this fucking movie. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> this is going to take forever. Yeah, I know. Reprising uh, their roles from Man of Steel, uh, just real quick. Henry Cavill is Superman. No shit. Uh, hey, is he good? He's not good as Superman. He's just okay. But he's good in other things. I feel bad for Henry he's Cavill. He's not a good Superman. Like, I, I've, I've been saying this yeah. for a long time now. I just think that Henry Cavill's not a good fit for Superman. He could be if they let him be Superman. Maybe, but he's... Because like, he's best in Justice League, weirdly enough, which yeah. we'll get to in a couple weeks, but Besides like... Besides the mustache shit. That's not his Well, fault, yeah, right? but he's still acting pretty well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying when he's grim, dark, sad Superman, he's not as good. Yeah. But when he can be, like, joyful, like, happy, I'm Superman, here I come to save the day and shit, I think he does a way better job. Yeah. I think that's what he wanted and what he signed up for, and then he was, oops, I'm in a Zack Snyder film. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, what it went to, bad. What works to Cavill's benefit is he is an actually a talented actor. Yeah. And he legitimately enjoys this kind of content. So it allows him to adapt it into himself really well. That's what serves him as a fantastic Geralt of Rivia yeah. in the Witcher series. He's like a completely different character from Superman, but like, oh, dude, you know. Fucking fantastic. I, I was initially really hesitant that Cavill would be able to pull it off because all I was thinking of was Superman. Yeah, but no, he's so good. But no, he's a good actor. No, he's so good in that. Like, he's it good just, in that Mission Impossible movie. It cements, yeah, and that too. He's really yeah. good in that movie too. So it just kind of cements to you, like, how asinine the issues, mainly by the looks of it, caused by Snyder in these films. And the boys doing the writing. Don't forget about yeah. that. No, it's a big part of him. You know, you know, he's, you could tell he's involved, though. Mm-hmm. Like, he's heavily involved in all of this. Because right. this is like his baby. And God damn it, does he fuck it up? <sighs> Fucks up real good. We also got Amy Adams, who uh, I like Amy Adams a lot. Yeah. Um, I wish she was in a better movie here. She's fine in this. I movie. think she does what she can. She's, She's a fine. Pretty good Lois Lane. I'm okay with it. I think Lois Lane is like kind of a character that can like run the risk of being too generic. Yeah. Because she's that archetype character that's just damsel in distress for superman i like how she's very much and so I, I never minded her in either man of steel or this i think she's like probably doing the best acting in man of steel besides yeah. i like zod well, despite yeah, myself really good michael shannon's fun yeah, who he's, he's also in this movie as a as a corpse yeah he wasn't actually in this movie yeah just digital yeah <laughs> 
You can tell. You mm-hmm. can very tell. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And Do you think he was going to come back for oh. five seconds? No. Fuck, no, they were going to pay him that. Are you kidding me? No, it would have been expensive. Yeah. So, no, Amy Adams is fine. I think I actually like her role. Hell yeah, she and is. They, hey. I actually really like like the way she's presented here, which is like she's like a no-bullshit journalist, and like that's her character. That's what Lois Lane should be. Yeah, I like. I prefer that to just being, well, obviously to mm. being just like the dumbass damsel in distress shit that's annoying. So at least she has her own character, and she does her own things in this movie. Yeah, I mean, most of it still ends up with her being saved by Superman. Um, one of the only right. things, one of the only things I like that Lex Luthor does in this entire film is the scene where he's on the skyscraper and like to lure Superman out. He literally just pushes her off a building. I don't like that he's able to do that. I feel like she should have just kicked him in the nads, and he would have been ineffective for the rest of the film. That would have been great. She should have been able to overpower Jesse Eisenberg in real life or this fictional film. He's like sitting there holding <laughs> his fucking books. <laughs> <laughs> and she just walks We're up. We're dragging Jesse Eisenberg so bad. He just walks up. He does like, deserve it for this movie, though. He talks about his big-ass elaborate plan, and then she just, like, walks up and goes, like, fuck you, nerd, just knocks his books <laughs> out of his hand, and he, like, as Eisenberg just falls down and starts crying. Well, that's what would have happened in the animated series. That's my favorite Lois Lane, by the way. Yeah. She is so fucking sarcastic and a bitch outright in yeah. the animated series, right. and I love it. She's great. Uh, I love how fucking shitty she is all the time. <laughs> Um, she would have just need him in the the nads. Yeah. Granted, the Lex Luthor in that is much more intimidating. Is really good. Yeah. Clancy Brown, I believe. Yes. Uh, who's Mr. Krabs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a great actor. Anyway, uh, we got Diane Lane as Martha Kent coming back. Uh, Kevin Costner <laughs> as Jonathan Kent for like a minute. Literally a minute. We didn't talk about the best scene in Man of Steel, which is when he says, no, my invincible son, do not help me, and then dies. <laughs> <laughs> that pissed me off oh when I saw it. God. Usually, it takes me a while of stewing on things from a movie to like really go like, wait, that sucks. But that... I was in the theater, and I was like, that's fucking stupid, dude. That was my feeling on this entire film in the theater. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I was just like, every fucking mm-hmm. ten seconds, I was like, man, that's fucking stupid. Ah, uh, and Lawrence Fishburne as Perry White, who uh, is basically your J. Jonah Jameson of the Superman yeah, world. he's fine. The prototype J. Jonah Jameson. Not fully formed into a full-born <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson yet was Perry White. Right. Because I think the JJJ is a far better character. Oh, but absolutely. Same idea. Far more, but yeah. Right down to being a newspaper editor as the boss. Damn, Stan, how to be original. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> but he just wrote it better. I think well, I think he's like more interesting when he's like more shitty. Yeah. Perry White loves Superman in the comics. and Yeah. I, I like the twist that the boss hates you, but he doesn't know it. He right. doesn't know that it's you. <laughs> All right, so new characters. Jeremy Irons as Alfred. Uh, oh. we, uh, do you remember? We saw him in Die Hard with yeah. The Vengeance. He was good in that movie, too. I he like is. Jeremy Irons a lot. Yeah, He was great. just in that Watchmen show. Oh, yeah, I need to see that still. He's fucking good in that Watchmen show. <laughs> he's really good. I he's like also, him, yeah. He's also really good in this movie. I liked his Alfred. Yeah, it's very different, and it's it's actually a lot a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Because he's like, he's he's a little younger, 
He got a little more pep in his step. But he's still really tired of Bruce's shit. Well, because it's been 20 years. Yeah. You think about how young Alfred probably was during all of this. If I guess so, but he like it's weird because he was portrayed as very old in the previous three films. Right. So you go to this one and like he looks like he's probably in he's probably like in his what, early 50s, right? Yeah. So he'd have been like probably, Silver Fox Alfred <laughs> right. as opposed to elderly man Alfred. Right. Yeah. He, he looks like he's in this, like his mid-late 50s, probably, maybe, or even early 50s. I don't know movie. how old Jeremy Irons actually is, but yeah, sure. Like the way they were trying to portray it. And, yeah. Uh, one, basically someone who's able to, like, actually do physical labor for Bruce, which is cool. He does yeah, a dude, lot he was of... chopping wood and shit. Uh-huh. He's a cool dude. Cool Alfred. Yeah. Cool Alfred fucking that fucks. You dude, seriously, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And if there's any character you're going to do that to, Alfred's a great one to do it to. I'm okay with it. I, I like how they've approached him in the years. Like, you know, I feel like they had a sense, like, similar to how, like, DC, like, approached, like, Aquaman eventually. Yeah. Where they were like, this character needs a retooling to not be a joke. Mm-hmm. Let's make Alfred, like, capable a bit. And I think they did an all right job with that. I like Alfred as a character. I like him more when he's capable. Mm-hmm. This Alfred kind of reminds me of the Alfred from... Uh, Batman Earth One, mm-hmm. Jeff Johns. Yep, good Alfred. Uh, where he's kind of like you know more stern, more capable. I just love how most of the time he's just a dick to Batman. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> well, I, I I want that from every version ever. Yeah, you know we we've evolved quite a way. We've had him go from saying I'll cancel the pizzas, Elmeo, <laughs> uh, to being sassy. To being outright just like the LMAO, fuck you, Batman. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> oh wait, I skipped one. He was uh, he was perving on Bruce Wayne in the '60s one. That's right. Yeah, watching him fuck on camera with Robin. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we're not there anymore. Damn, that movie's a masterpiece. It's man. funny. All right, we got uh, we got uh, Holly Hunter, who uh, as June Finch. Uh, the senator who uh, sees the piss jar mm-hmm. <laughs> and is in the movie a lot more in the Ultimate Edition. Yeah, she does a um, lot of senator things. As is Scoot McNary as Wallace Keefe, the uh, guy who got injured during the Battle of Metropolis mm-hmm. in a wheelchair. And Holly Hunter is the voice of Elastigirl, and she has a distinctive voice. You can tell. And it's like really off-putting to me that she's even in this like it's not her fault it's her voice but i just keep hearing that and like i have it only associated with the last girl in my head i don't know what it is she has such a distinct voice it's very distinct yeah anyway uh you got callan Mul- mulvery <laughs> as another weird name to pronounce and totally can you, can you, can you, good job, buddy. <laughs> I'm good at pronounce word <laughs> name. Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a guy that wear glasses and shoot people for Lex Luthor. That's his role in the film. That's it. Uh, he's in the ultimate cut way more. And also, uh, Tao Okamoto, Okamoto as Mercy Graves, who I think is a character created by the animated show. Uh, Lex's female bodyguard, basically. Yeah, I liked her in the in the show. Uh, here, 
I don't even think she has a line of dialogue. She has like one line of dialogue where she tells Bruce Wayne to leave a room and he doesn't. Yeah. That's it. And then she dies. Lex just killed her. For further proving that this Lex is not superior. No, he sucks. Lex keeps Mercy around in the animated show because she's effective at beating people's asses. Right. As you would. This is this is incredible, by the way. Doomsday was portrayed in motion capture and voice work by voice actor Robin Atkin Downs. Uh, two funny things here. One, he did not know who he was playing. In uh-huh. fact, he did not know he was playing Doomsday until everyone else knew that Doomsday was in the film. When the second trailer dropped and Doomsday was in it. What the fuck? He just knew he was playing a creature (laughs) of some sort. Why don't you just tell him? (laughs) What? They were secretive. I feel like they should have been more secretive and uh, not had Doomsday in that second trailer, thereby revealing the entire third act of the film. Yeah. Kind of annoying. (sighs) Here's the thing. Robin Atkin Downs, I was looking at his uh, <laughs> at his film roles and, and voice roles, and then I looked at video game roles. And I was like, oh man, he's been in a lot of things. Guess who he fucking is? Mm. Kazuhira Miller. Oh my god. <laughs> he was Doomsday. <laughs> so now I'm going to always picture Doomsday saying... Yeah, start talking, bitch! (laughs) (laughs) Play this like a damn fiddle! Amazing. (laughs) That's that guy. (laughs) He does that and monster growling noises. (laughs) 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 He has played such great monsters as Doomsday and Master Miller. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then, all right, we got a bunch of cameos. Too many. Too many cameos in this movie. A lot. You got Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Mr. Negan himself, and Lauren Cohen, also from that show that I just just love to death, The mm-hmm. Walking Dead. Yep, you sure do. Nothing As Thomas and Martha Wayne, so that you can see them get killed again. It's important. Actually, it is, but it's in a stupid way. It's really dumb. Uh, the voice of the president occurs at one point in this film, and it's Patrick Wilson, who uh, Snyder worked with on Watchmen. Yeah. He's the president in this <laughs> Night Owl's president. That's, uh, that's a terrifying notion. <laughs> and then uh, a bunch of actual talking heads, kind of like, I guess, inspired by similar scenes being in, again, The Dark Knight Returns. However, those were fictional people in that book. In uh, this, or just real, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the the idiot man himself, oh, God. is in this movie briefly. I'm sure he's on Twitter talking about how the flu kills uh, more people than the coronavirus. <laughs> Actually, the movie should be titled Batman versus Superman because V makes it look like it's a court case. Bet you didn't know that. Take that. You thought you enjoyed something, but actually I'm here to let you know that you're an idiot for doing that. 
I hope every once that's in a while. his whole role on Twitter. I don't know what the fuck. I hope every once in a while when he's thinking of one of those tweets, he just trips. <laughs> he trips with his phone in his hand yeah, just, yeah. while sitting down and tweeting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we also got Soldado O'Brien, Anderson Cooper, Nancy Grace. God, that was. <laughs> I like how she's playing like her her character, which is a character. I feel like it's a character. <laughs> she was like being a bitch, <laughs> which is her character. Uh, Charlie Rose and John Stewart. Only in the Ultimate Edition. Cut out of the theatrical release. Yeah. Fuck you for leaving Nancy Grace in, but cutting out Jon Stewart. <laughs> they all appear as themselves talking heads in various news news portions of the film. Uh, and then maybe most importantly, you got Ezra Miller, Jason Momoa, and Ray Fisher all appearing in cameos to set up their roles as members of the Justice League. And also to set up their roles in the DCEU as a whole. Uh, as does uh, Joe Morton as Silas Stone, Cyborg's dad. Oh, and then the score. I guess we should talk about that. It's good, right? I like the score. Yeah, it's fine. It's just kind of misused and overused, I think. It's a little too loud it's a little overbearing i like listening to it without the context of it being associated with batman v superman <laughs> does that make any sense yep. like like for instance lex luther's theme good. is really good but then it's paired with scenes of jesse eisenberg looking like a dweeb shoving a fucking jolly rancher in an old dude's mouth what that <laughs> The worst. <laughs> this is Hans Zimmer again. He composed the score with Junkie XL, which is a s stupid pen name in my opinion, yeah. but he does do some good stuff. Uh, as they did for Man of Steel a couple years prior. Zimmer found it a challenge to not reuse his own Batman themes <laughs> that he did for the Dark Knight trilogy. And initially, he was just going to have Junkie XL compose that part of the score, and he would focus more on the Superman and other characters. But the final composition was done by both. And I like the Batman theme in this movie. I don't like it as much as the Nolan no, movies one. Not. And I, even then, I don't like that one as much as the original Danny Elfman Batman theme. That's the best one. Which, like, I miss, yeah. honestly. Uh, Zimmer found this score difficult to find new angles for and afterwards announced he would retire from scoring superhero films. It broke him. <laughs> Except it didn't because uh, he would eventually decide against this. He's scoring Wonder Woman 84 this year. Well, hopefully. If it comes out. Because all movies have been getting delayed <laughs> indefinitely. Um, we'll see. That's not till like June, right? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Who knows where mm. we're gonna be at? I'm gonna make a prediction. It's gonna be either much better or much worse. Here's my prediction: mm -hmm. highest grossing superhero film of the year, Birds of Prey. Yeah, because all the other ones aren't gonna come out. <laughs> yeah. Take that, losers! For you were reason, wrong all along. For some reason, in my brain, I thought it was like a late 2019 film. Really, we watched it not too long ago. We watched it three weeks ago. I don't yeah. know, man. Hey, whatever. So anyway, 
I told you all that, and now I'm done. Let's talk about the movie a little more. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's kick this off. What the happens end first? Of, the end of Man of Steel is happening. That's not what happens first. What? The, the Waynes get killed again. Oh, yeah. F- <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's the scene again. <laughs> Okay, good. Now, as Ben Affleck has a voiceover, then it goes to Man of Steel's ending. Yeah, so now Man of Steel is ending, but oh wait, Bruce Wayne's there, driving a car, not as Batman. I don't know, buddy. I guess he's retired, but the movie at no point, even in the Ultimate Edition, which adds context to certain scenes, doesn't give me enough context to know where Batman's at before this movie begins. I think it's implied that he's retired. It is. And he's in Metropolis in, in... in capacity is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. No, it's just, just that's Bruce like, Wayne. Yeah, I don't know. Looking back and like reading through stuff, um, the idea is that Batman has been retired for 20 years. 20 years? 20 years. Wait. 20 years? 20 years. I don't think that makes any sense given what we have. He kind of just picks right back. There's no like news reports about the Batman being back. They don't act like he's been gone ever. They just act like he's getting worse... Sorry, not, not gone for 20 years. He's been Batman for 20 years. Okay, that makes more sense. Maybe he quit for a bit. And I, I think it's implied from uh, a brief scene where he's in his cave and he sees the the, the the Robin costume with jokes on you, Batman, haha, written on it. Why, I don't know why he still has it. Maybe he's a reminder or something? As a dark reminder that he lost Jason Todd would be what I would guess. However, for a casual viewer that doesn't know that, that happened... That shouldn't be in the movie (laughs) because they don't talk about it. There's no scene where Batman's like, I lost someone close to me at one point. Like, there's no explanation. No, because there's not enough fucking time because there's way too much. Yeah, because you gotta gotta go. Fucking Superman scene has to have, has to hit him with a sink. Let's go. Hurry up. (laughs) This movie's pacing is terrible, by the way. Yeah. Because, so this, I guess, you can consider an action scene where he's driving through destroyed Metropolis. But then after that, there's absolutely nothing resembling an action scene. For a long time. For a long time. It's not until the Batmobile scene. And then, like, it's it's all backloaded. Well, there's, there's military guys shooting guys. Yeah, I, if you can call that an action scene. It's brief. Mm-hmm. The, all the action in this movie is backloaded, which is a similar structure to what Man of Steel employed. Which is where, you know, big giant fucking endless set piece of Metropolis dying (laughs) happened there. In BVS, it's a big fight between Batman and Superman and then a big fight between the Trinity and Doomsday. And it lasts, I want to say, 50 minutes of the movie's Mm runtime. It takes forever. All those action scenes. And, uh... In order to get to those 50 minutes, though, you got to go through, like, two hours. Yeah. And it's like, oof. It's a big oofer. <laughs> it's a lot of talking, and none of it is, like, truly exciting, but it's all dark. It's all dreary. It's all annoying. Yeah. Did Bruce Wayne uh It thinks it's being up. too smart for its own good. Mm-hmm. It thinks it's being, like, a smart, like, deconstruction of superhero shit, like a, like an Alan Moore comic. It's like, not. what would really happen if Superman showed up and changed everything, dude? But then it's just stupid. Right. 
Yeah, so we get, after Bruce Wayne basically watches an entire office of his collapse and a bunch of people he knows die. Bunch of 9-11s happening over here. Right. And then we get kind of a thing where we, it skips ahead, and we've seen that Superman has sort of become a controversial figure. Yeah, people some are, people think he needs more oversight. Right, you get all these talking heads. Yeah. People are like, it's Superman... Is an unchecked Superman good for this country? Blah, blah, blah. Does he fight for America? Can yeah. they tell him what to do? Other countries are suspicious. So then we get this scene in uh, foreign country X. Yep. <laughs> in, insert country here. Where Lois Lane's going out to interview some terrorist people? Yeah, you have a terrorist organization. With Jimmy Olsen, who's only named in the Ultimate Edition cut, and then they shoot Jimmy Olsen because he brought, like, a government tracker. Yeah. So then, uh... Then all these guys start getting murdered. Yeah, so a bunch of soldiers who were just... just these terrorist guys are getting murdered. Right, just, so all these soldiers just kind of, like, start murdering these terrorists, and you have no idea what the fuck's going yeah, on. Yeah, you got your boy, your boy Anatoly with the glasses here. Shooting people. Yeah. And then and then they start burning all the bodies. And you're like, what the fuck? Uh-huh. And then Superman shows up to save Lois Lane. When he shows up, he notices all of this carnage that's happened. Because the other... The, 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 the military operation has already left. And the yeah. actual military There's supposed their to be no foreign interference with anything going right. on here. So it's like... So... It's like... Some agency of some sort took out a hit on all these terrorism peoples and blamed it on Superman is the implication here. Yeah, you know, all of it is just like a... Yeah, and like, <laughs> this scene is so fucking stupid. It lasts a long time in the ultimate cut, too. It's so fucking really long. All these military... It explains it a little more. Shooting these guys... And then burning their bodies. Uh-huh. Just automatically making everybody assume that it was Superman because the bodies got burned. So it's like, oh, he x-rayed him. And then he x-rayed him. He, like, he, he, <laughs> he x-rayed him? He, hit, he heat-visioned him. Yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, they, have, they got shot. There's bullet holes. Yeah, well, they don't announce that you know, The entire yeah. thing just gets lifted out the window. All they have to do is look at the bodies. Uh That's a plot point later, I believe. But, like, who cares? I feel like we're going to forget a lot of stuff that happened in this movie because we should. Because this Apparently movie sucks. Apparently the only person that noticed this was Lois Lane. Uh-huh. Which is like... Well, because she journalism. The fuck? <laughs> she knows when the stuff happened because she journalist. Everybody else like stupid. Ah, Superman killed those people. That's fuck crazy, dude. Whoa. And then like... And then Clark Kent like gets in a bath... With Amy Adams clothed. Hell yeah, he does. And it starts fucking. Hell yeah, he does. It is a weird scene. <laughs> so. It's fine. It's it's like, I get why it's here. You gotta further establish their relationship and, like, you know. It is weird that they decided to do it this way. I think Zack Snyder's really bad at showing intimacy. <laughs> yeah. See the sex scene in Watchmen if you would like to know more, kids. That's super awkward. That's a terrible sex. It was supposed to be awkward because it's awkward in the comics, but right, like, like, God, like I don't know. 
I think Amy Adams and Henry Cavill had like okay chemistry at least. Like the, the problem in Watchmen is also those actors didn't work. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um. So moving forward here, we get a little mm-hmm. bit. We get a, get a hint here that Batman is uh, views Superman as kind of like an existential threat after what happened to all this Wayne stuff and what happened after witnessing what happened in Metropolis. He don't like Superman very much. Yeah, and he's being edgy. Yes, and then we also get kind of a, a view of his uh, his form of justice in this world, uh-huh. which is incredibly edgy. He brands people with the battle symbol. So we get an implication later that people, criminals who show up to prison with this bat branded into them, get killed get murdered because i i guess it's kind of like that um implication that you're a snitch right because yeah. in order for batman to do that to you that means he got the information he wanted out of you right i guess so is what that's what they're implying they never say this this is what i implied it's like that means that that dude was a snitch so the criminals probably hate that dude for snitching on people with batman uh but like what were you gonna do batman brands you <laughs> no matter what <laughs> like he's probably gonna do worse if you didn't do what he told you to do right so he's just basically getting these people killed yeah. um clark kent learns damn rest in peace all the riddler informants yeah all those guys that i interrogated in the arkham games branded them <laughs> they're all dead now <laughs> <laughs> so, Tell me about Riddler. Clark Kent sees a newspaper uh, that show that says, "Hey, the bats random people." He's uh-huh. like, "This is garbage. I'm gonna look further into this." And at the same time, his boss rolls up. Lawrence Fishburne rolls on up. Yeah, and it's like report on sports. He's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> this is their entire relationship in Batman. this movie. The entire relationship between Perry and Clark in this movie is Perry going like, "Clark, your job is sport." And he like, but what about Batman, though? And he's like, I don't care. I told you to do sport. And Clark Kent, like, news used to mean something, man. And then Perry's like, I don't care. Right. (laughs) I just fucking hired you, by the way, at the end of Man of Steel. (laughs) Maybe I don't want you to fucking do big expose pieces in your first week on the job, Clark. Fuck off and write about the football. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking dirt nerd so this is where we get introduced Lex Luthor yeah around here I mean we just we get like a brief setup of where Superman's at and where Batman's at yeah. and then we get Lex Luthor and he's he's Lex Luthor Jr yep so maybe just maybe if if there is a god which there's not uh, we can someday get Jesse Eisenberg deleted from the DCEU and actually get Lex Luthor Sr. introduced. He was not dead. He just was like in jail or something. And it could be Brian Cranston or somebody that isn't Jesse Eisenberg. I will take even that. You have an out is what I'm saying. You have an out. You don't have to have it be Jesse Eisenberg because he's Lex Luthor Jr. Right. Yeah, and he uh, he basically wants that kryptonite, which we saw them haul out of the Atlantic yeah. or whatever. He wants that kryptonite because he's like, you know, fuck Superman. Yeah, you get this. <laughs> that, that, that center lady shows up. Yeah. And he talks to her, and she, he makes an offer to her. Okay, I have this kryptonite. Uh-huh. You can use it as a deterrent for Superman. Yeah. And she's like, I don't believe you. 
<laughs> I, I think you want yeah, I'm, I think you want to just kill him like because she's very distrustful of Superman but she's not inherently wanting to murder him right she just wants to like try to raid him in yeah and then, then like, I don't blame her necessarily no, her she's makes okay sense. her motives make sense yeah whatever and then the court let in Lex is like yeah hey, fuck you and then she leaves says, so he says some really creepy shit and there's another uh, he I think they talk about the peach tea if you want to start getting into that. Oh, yeah. So, here's... <laughs> the, the it's piss jar time, boys! The piss jar... The piss jar's time. back! The seed of piss <laughs> planted. The piss jar set up. Step one. <laughs> piss in a jar. Step two, so you're done. Who is clearly from the South. Uh-huh. Um, makes an analogy to Lex... About grandma's peach tea. Yeah, you can call. Gra- it's basically like saying you can call. You could call piss grandma's peach tea, but it's still piss. Yeah, I think it's exactly what she because says. of what Lex is saying. Something is saying something, that the but it's d- not deterrent. But yeah, it's not. like oh, you could call it a deterrent, but I know that it's a weapon. Right. So you can call it Granny's peach tea, but still piss. But it's piss, and this pays off later. That is stupid. Pays off is not really the right word. <laughs> it, but piss, it, it, definitely, it is a setup. It definitely pisses off later, you know what I mean? It pisses off later. <laughs> and he says some dumb thing about this picture that he has up. I don't know, fucking. Anyway. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, because uh, this movie thinks it's smart. It, it's a picture of uh, angels and demons, and he's like, oh, that picture should be upside down. Because as we know, demons come. Not from hell below us, but from the sky. And they play the really good Lex Luthor theme that doesn't fit anything that he says in this movie. Thanks, Jesse Eisenberg. Thanks, Jesse Eisenberg. Thanks, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> so we have Batman now. Back to Batman. Yeah. He is uh, He is tracking this Russian weapons trafficker. And we later learned that this is because this is the guy hired by Lex to get the kryptonite. Yeah, Lex behind it all. Who go figure? Yep. Mm. And then he, this, what he learns though, that he, this Russian weapons guy he's been following has ties to Lex Corp and Lex Luthor. So he like, I gotta go snoop around. And Alfred like, you could just go there as Bruce Wayne because he invited you. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we get our heroes meet without knowing it. Clark go to Lex thing. Bruce go to Lex thing. Yeah, so Lex, yeah, so Alfred says a, has a snivy comment to Bruce. Like, I can't get to Lex. He's like, well, you're invited. Yeah, yes, thing. yes, yes, yes. And then, and so he's, he got invited by Lex Luthor to attend this party thing where he's just like, I forget what it's for. Who cares? Some charity bullshit. He has a bad speech a that's gala. really awkward. It's a gala. Luther's but, speech is creepy and weird. Mm-hmm. But Bruce is here with the intention of stealing encrypted data from the company's mainframe. Clark yes. Kent is there to report on it. Yeah, but then he's Superman, so he hears Bruce talking. With Alfred over... With Alf- his, he hears Alfred. Over his yeah. own Bluetooth guy. Which is interesting. He uh, is suspicious. Speaking of suspicious, Gal Gadot's here. <laughs> and she steals Bruce Wayne's hacky device. Mm-hmm. And then gets away, and Bruce is like, what the... What the fuck? Who was that? <laughs> Doesn't track her down until later in the film. So this ended up being fruitless for Bruce <laughs> for now. Yeah. Uh, 
what happens at this point? Hmm. A lot of crap happens. I know he, uh... What? He goes... Bruce goes somewhere else and runs into her again. Right? Yeah, eventually he goes to, like, an antique That's what it dealer is. man. <laughs> she looking at, like, a sword. Yeah. I guess we just talk about this now, because it's the next part of this plot. Right, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking about the plot, mostly. Yeah. And we'll, I'm just going to stop and mention other shit that I care about. And then there's some kind of montage at some point of Superman saving people, but being sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, that all those fucking people, like, crowd yeah. around him and touch him, like, they make the Jesus allegory. Yeah, again, because Man of Steel is full of those. Yeah, I know, this is fucking stupid, and I rolled my eyes, yeah. like, like, across the room. Him coming down to save people in a hurricane I situation. took out my eyes and rolled them like a bowling ball. <laughs> When that shit happened. I shook him in my hand like dice, and then I rolled him on the table. I was fucking... Oh, God, dude. I, I hated it so much. Yeah, that's why I forgot about it. Thank you for reminding me. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, eventually we come back to Bruce, and he's like, you know, hey, Bish. You took my drive. Give me my drive. And she's like, I just borrowed it. I can't access the information anyway, though. It's in your glove box, actually, idiot. Later. And then he's like, okay. <laughs> then he decrypts it. And as he's waiting for it, he falls asleep. Too decrypt, he falls asleep. Yep. And has a, has a, has a big old extended dream sequence, uh, which is, is the second one, by the way. This movie has a couple dream sequences. Oh yeah, the first one's Man, Man of Steel had a lot as well. Dream sequences are weird and passe, but Zack Snyder loves them. He loves them so much that he made an entire film that is all them. Don't watch Sucker Punch again. <laughs> But yeah, he had a brief one where like uh, he's he attacked was, by man bat. He gets attacked by man bat, which is just like <laughs> fucking weird. It's not man bat. It's supposed to be just you know, dude. Nightmare. It looks, it looks just like man bat. Well, yeah, because man bat's a giant bat. Right. It's just supposed to be a giant bat because he's Batman. But I don't think man bat to, comes into the equation. If you know at all. anything about Batman, why why would you just not think it's man bat? <laughs> There's. Obviously, there's an association because their names are opposite. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's just a nightmare, and I don't think Man Bat exists in this universe necessarily. Well, no, he doesn't. It's a yeah. nightmare. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right. It's not literally Man Bat. <laughs> it's Man Bat in my heart, baby. <laughs> it's Man Bat in my heart. Oh, man. When are we getting Batman v. Man Bat? Dawn of at least it would be like really box office failure, really schlocky, and like probably more fun than this movie, maybe. <laughs> and then, so this extended sequence is really irrelevant to the movie at hand, but it was intended to be super relevant to the overarching story of Justice League. Uh, and then those plans got canceled as shit yes that's why you don't do so now it's just irrelevant to everything and has no bearing on anything yeah so we're we're talking this is a setup of complete post-apocalypse dark side has won yeah and uh batman has like an army and he's got like a gun gun and he's like shooting people and shit. <laughs> oh, as opposed to a not gun gun? Mm -hmm. Okay. Instead of like a grapple gun or a batarang. Yeah, Batman's just gun. shooting people. Right, he's just got, um, he's just got gun There's gun. like a Superman army. Yeah. And a Batman army. Yeah, and then. Yeah, and Superman's like evil. Yeah, Batman gets captured and murdered by Superman after he kills two other people right next to him. Right. And then Batman wakes up. 
And, and then he like, whoa. Then the fucking flash. Then the up. flash shows up. <laughs> Wearing some kind of bullshit that looks like shit, by the way. Yeah, and he says, Lois Lane's the key. Uh huh. Find the others and then vanishes. And then and he's then- like, Am I too soon? I'm too soon. He warned him of something too soon because time is wonky or something is the implication here. Because he, well, also he's the Flash and an idiot, so he just like probably missed. Yeah, sure, that'd be funny. That'd be fine. Um, I, you know, it's weird. This is never going to come up again. Nope. It was all set up for something that didn't happen, and now it just nope. sticks out like a sore thumb in this movie. Sure does. Uh, it already did. This is like a, this is like a fucking like post credit sequence. Yeah, but in the middle of the fucking film. Right, it's so strange. Uh, oof. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I despise it. And then, uh, so now, the drive is decrypted. On what, what, what convenient timing that the Flash just randomly shows up. Because, oh, here's the profiles for all of these metahumans. Yeah, we don't see these until later when Wonder Woman looks at them. But we could talk about it now if you well, want. Well, no, the symbols are there. Oh, yeah, he looks at the symbols, but he we don't open see the any files video yet. files. Yeah. Right. So you see right away logos for Aquaman, The Flash. Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. A cyborg. And Cyborg. Yeah. Yeah, all there. And files, I think, for Batman and Superman. I think. Ugh. But anyway, but that's not what he's looking for. He just kind of like opens the folder to tease you. Yeah. Um, he's looking for uh, Luther's files on the kryptonite. So he can go get it. He finally pins down the location of it's on a ship. I'm gonna go get it. So we blew through this like a little fast, but like that takes like an hour and a half to happen. Yes, it does. There's so much crap in this movie. But he does well. Oh, so we skipped past uh, subplot with guy in a wheelchair. That's what we skipped. Oh, that's the thing we skipped. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He hates Superman because legs got crushed by metropolis rubble i guess he like goes to the memorial there's a superman statue and he spray paints false god on it yeah because he pissed right so then he gets approached by luther who offers him a shitload of money right Mm -hmm. and a new chair chair has a bomb in it without him knowing it lmao that comes in play later other than that, I don't know what other crucial side plots happened. But That's anyway, it. now Batman's going after the kryptonite. Yes. In the Batmobile. Mm-hmm. This scene is schlock. <laughs> it's just him blowing a bunch of shit up, killing a lot of people, shooting yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. He drags around a car with people in it using like a grappling hook off the back of the car. Uh-huh. And, and it flips, flips it like around like a times. billion times. Those people turn into jelly in right. the car. Yeah. Um, and then he uses this... it to just crash another car. It's really A stupid. lot of people bitched about this shit. Because Batman is just straight up killing people in these scenes. And it's pretty obvious that he's doing so. It's more obvious than it's ever been, really. Except for maybe the Burton Batman, who was, like, literally lighting a guy on fire. Uh, But, like... You know, because, like, I guess, like, if you're Nolan or something, you could claim that Batman doesn't kill people. Uh, Those people just didn't die. Don't worry about it. But this... Ah, you can't feasibly convince me that he doesn't kill people. No, and I think it's in fact to be. they confirm he's killed people, at least by proxy, with the fucking brand shit, which is so edgy it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever, he gets the kryptonite, right? Nope, he doesn't. I know. <laughs> he, so he puts a tracker on this truck that has the kryptonite on it. <laughs> And then I forgot about that. He decimates half of this truck. <laughs> it's just hanging on a little yeah. scrap of metal on the door that's left. But if we, yeah, when it goes back to LexCorp, 
it's just there. Then so of course, he, Lex so, is super happy about it. Like, he doesn't get it, but he knows where it is, so he can go get it. Whenever he wants. But, like... He waits a long he time. He gets interrupted by Superman. Yeah. Who crunches his Batmobile, lifts him out of it, and says, Hey, this Batman shit? Stop it. This is your final warning. I'm showing mercy. And then leaves. <laughs> well, not until Batman says... Oh, yeah. Tell me. <laughs> Do you bleed? Do you bleed? You will. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is where we get our first listen in, I believe. Uh, there's a brief scene with Alfred doing it earlier, actually. Uh, he has a voice changer apparatus to get a Batman voice, mm-hmm. which is a cool idea. I like. I'm okay with this idea. I like. It's fine. And I like the performance of Affleck as Batman all around. Yeah. I, I That's not a problem for me with not this movie. I actually quite like Affleck as Batman. Yeah. I might even like him. This is going to be a controversial thing to say. I might even like him better than Michael Keaton. Because Michael Keaton, while he is good, doesn't have a lot of room to do anything in those movies that are primarily focused on the villains. Yep. And his Batman is kind of just relegated to a side role in his own film. Uh, Still entertaining movies. He's adequate, but I think I prefer Affleck. I do. Because he gets to do more fun shit. He's also like... And he gets to act. Act his damn ass off. Yeah. In a lot of parts. So, yeah, anywho... um, so now we have congressional hearing about Superman. Yeah. Is coming up. Uh, they ask Superman to come. The day if it happens, he shows up. Yes. Uh, Luther also shows up to this. Yes. Um, but with his, with his uh, whatever her name Mercy is. Graves. Mercy Graves. I don't know if they name her in They the do movie. not at all at any point yeah. during this movie. Um, and Wheelchair Man. Who is there to like testify <laughs> That's against? That's a rude Superman way to say it, but yeah, I forget his name. That's why I have to say wheelchair. It's it's uh, a scooter. No, I don't know. It's not scooter. The guy's name was the guy's name was Scooty or something. That's the like actor. That's worse than like. That's worse than what I was saying. At least I just said no. Wheelchair, I man. meant the actor's name, dude. Not fucking the fact that he's in a wheelchair. Christ, uh, evilest piece of shit. Hold on, I'm looking up his name because now I feel like I have to defend myself from being a rude. His name's Scoot. The man's name is Scoot. Not the character. The actor. The, the actor's name is Scoot McNary. That's why I thought Scooter. That's a great name. His name is Scoot. So wait, funny. wait, the actor's name is Scoot, and they put him in a wheelchair for yep. this film? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Cast someone not named Scoot. No, I'm sure fucking Snyder had a chuckle about it, motherfucker. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> Scoot. That's probably exactly what he said. The fucking frat bro. Now let me write what would happen man. if Superman drank bleach. <laughs> Dude, I got a cool idea for a scene. What if Lex Luthor pissed in a jar, bro? Oh, dude, we're almost there. We're there. We're there. We're basically there. So, Uh this hearing's about to start. Uh Uh-huh. Superman's there. Uh Uh-huh. Now, Congresswoman, like, smells something? (laughs) She does, yeah. And she looks over, and there it is, in all of its glory. Mason jar? Regular... Like a little, little piece of tape on it. It says Granny's Peach Tea. It says Granny's Peach Tea. 
It smells. Now, at no point do they directly say that this is piss. <laughs> we know it's piss. Yes. It's piss. It smells. The analogy from earlier in the movie. Well, that means it's piss. She turns the bottle around and has a gross look on her face. Because she knows it's piss. So the only Which reason means that we know it's piss. I'm aware that it's piss. It's piss. So the only reason for Lex Luthor to do this is to be an asshole. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. But he's already being an asshole by killing all of these people yeah. and blaming it on Superman. He just wanted to be. He just wanted to be like a conniving fuck. Because she said that to him, so, so he was to get like, back "Fuck at her, you." He pissed in a jar. Yeah. What the fuck is it? His piss. I mean, or did he have someone else do it? I, mean, I would imagine not. I mean, I guess he is Lex Luthor. So he could probably walk up to someone and be like, "Piss in this jar," and be like, "All right, man." No. What if he pissed in the jar? I think it's his piss. Is it canon that it's his piss? No, d- Genhart. Uh huh. The movie refuses to mention that this is piss. Yeah. But it is. But it's piss. No, so, I know. No, it's not going to expunge whose piss it is. I didn't say that. I'm saying, do you canonically think that it's Lex Luthor's Absolutely piss and nobody he else's? in that fucking jar. All right. Absolutely. He sat there going, hey, piss in the jar. <laughs> <laughs> he laughed just like fucking that. Reading his novelization of like an X Men story or something. And he's like, pissing in a jar. What a fucking nerd. As he's talking and waxing philosophical about demons and angels, he's just right. pissing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that dude's wheelchair blows up because it had a bomb in it. And right. Superman couldn't see it because it was lead-lined. But Superman doesn't know that. Superman thinks that he didn't see it because he was inattentive and distracted. And he feels bad. And he, like, fucking quarantines himself <laughs> and, and, like, flies to Antarctica. And is just like, house. Man of Steel 2, baby. We gonna just trudge through the mountains and hang out with Dad. <laughs> Fucking here we go. Whenever Superman has a bad time, his his, his yeah. first option is never to face it; it's to run away like a little bitch. Yeah, which is an annoying characterization that I don't agree with of this character. Yeah, it sucks. Um, in the in the first in the Man of Steel, he decided to go beyond Deadliest Catch and be a crab fisherman. In this one, he just flies to the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he has a has a spirit vision of his dad throwing some bricks around in the Arctic. And going like, man, son, you know what they say? Hard being Superman. You know what they or say? Or whatever. Don't piss in a jar. Yeah, you know what they say when the chips are down, you know, I'm, you know, it's tough. But I don't know. I don't remember anything he says. You know what they say when I was saying, don't save me, I was being sarcastic. You know what I mean, son? <laughs> no, I meant like, dude, you're like literally the only person that could have saved me like, in I'm, that situation. I'm just trying to be a tough guy, man. What the fuck? Yeah. Dude, just let me have my moment, dude. You could have saved me. Like, you could save me afterwards. No like, one would have even have saw you did it because you're invincible and fast and fucking shit, dude. The goddamn man just fucking saved me, all right? God. <laughs> and then Superman's sitting there like, yeah, Dad. Whatever advice he gives them, I guess it convinces him to go back to humanity, but not till later. Yeah, we have some time passing here. So we have Batman. Oh, yeah, before the blow-up thing happened, he got a bunch of fucking male that was taunting him it's yeah. luther by the way and it was like you let your family die and that pisses him off so he steals the kryptonite. so he's uh he steals the kryptonite and he's initially so so luther wanted him to have the kryptonite all along yes 
but prevented him from getting it in the first place. Yeah, it's plain stupid. I agree. <laughs> and he, he like deadass just lets Batman waltz in and take it. Like, yeah, it looks like he only has a few guards on duty. Not really too much security. Batman tells him that he took it too because he leaves his fucking bat as a calling card, like he's the fucking Joker or something. He's the battering. Like there. He's the Riddler. Has to leave a riddle behind. So in this, in the meantime, where uh, Superman's gone, Batman builds up all his shit in preparation to beat Superman. Yeah, and he Alfred's some- like, you don't want this can kill you he's an alien that can melt people with his head and uh batman's just like shut the fuck up albert i'm gonna kill him <laughs> if <they're, laughs> it, i i hate the, the edgiest shit the edgiest shit yeah if there is a one percent chance i was gonna mention this because that's such a that's a it's so i hate this implication that batman's like an idiot because like, superman's a good guy and maybe he doesn't know that but like at the time that he says this, it seems more like Superman's a good guy because he's hel- helping people. But then he's like, if there's even a 1% chance that he is our enemy, we have to take it as an 100% certainty. Yeah. So the whole. So the, if Superman good guy, what if he wasn't? I have to kill him. Right. The intention, it's justifying his actions. Right. The intention <laughs> behind this line is like, oh, super prepared Batman. Like. Uh oh, he could, he could be a threat. We gotta neutralize him. But like, yeah. really, he just comes across as like a dickhead, which I actually like. <laughs> I would prefer him to just be like, I, don't I like him. view it as him being pigheaded because he went through trauma, and now he's being edgy. Makes sense, but it should have been expanded upon further just and outlined it. further. And his past failure as Batman when Robin died should have been a scene in the fucking movie because it informs his entire character arc. You know what I you know what would have worked much better for this movie? Is if Robin was an accidental casualty of Metropolis. Sure. Or even have the Joker still kill him so Batman is not taking chances anymore. That would have been fine, but there's no reason to set that up because there's no Batman movie beforehand. Sure, but I, you know what I would have preferred it for instead of? The big dream sequence. Have him actually have a nightmare about when Robin died. And it doesn't have to be 10 minutes long, mind you. It could be like two minutes long. Or like 30 seconds. <laughs> and then it's just a reminder that he's like, you know, I failed once. I, and then I failed again in Metropolis, and I'm never going to fail again. Right. Even if that means I have to kill Superman. Right. Would have been a better setup, in my opinion. So, since Superman's in exile, um, Lex Luthor uh, kidnaps Lois Lane and Martha Kent. Yep. <sighs> um, Using the help of his goon squad of Russian mans. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so let's Russian Anatoly mans. Anatoly and everybody. Yeah, let's Russian mans. Uh, has Russian mans bring Lois Lane up on top of the LexCorp skyscraper, where he gives a really dumb, nerdy speech that I hated. And yeah. then pushes Lois Lane off the skyscraper. The he, Superman he's just setting up his notion that he's going to have Superman fight the Batman. And he, you know, wanted this to happen. Yep. Meanwhile, Batman goes to the bat signal, turns, turns it the on. fuck on. Says, come here, bitch. Yeah. Goading Superman to yeah, come. basically hit him with the come here, bitch. Hit me. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Superman shows up, saves Lois Lane, goes up to, assumedly, just fucking destroy Lex Luthor. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hold on. Your mom gonna die. 
if anything happens to me... She has an hour. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, kill me, she totally dies. But if you go bring me the head of the Batman, I won't kill her. Now, if he did that, and he killed Batman, and brought him the head of Batman, there's no possible way that Luther would not just go forward with the next step of his plan. Yeah, he would just do it anyway. Because he did. Anyway. Yeah, so, something we forgot to mention, in the meantime, he uh, he gets Zod's body in, in access to Zod's ship. He goes there and learns all of this knowledge. Yes. And he... Uh, and he makes, a, he makes a thing, which, by just putting Zod in the water and cutting his own hand and combining the DNA, I suppose... I guess. I don't get it. I don't know why that would result in doomsday. Some kind of forbidden procedure or something. I don't know why. I don't get it. But whatever, it results in doomsday. Doomsday in the comics was an ancient Kryptonian being, as far as I know. I don't know why you would just be test tube babied into existence here. Because they just wanted to write him in. Oh, well, yeah, I know. So, so Lex sets all this up, right? Uh Uh-huh. So no matter what's going to happen... This is on a timer, too, by the way. So no matter what's going to happen... Doomsday's just gonna come out. Yeah, that's always the plan, but here so we are. So is he just, like, fucking around? Buying himself time, maybe? I don't get it. I think he just wants to fucking kill Superman. And no, he's but gonna like, do it anyway, but whole... he's gonna release Doomsday anyway. Because he has no say in the matter, does he? Yeah, well, suppose he's just doing it to wear them out, to kill one of them, so it's easier for Doomsday to kill everybody? I don't get it. It's like this shit where, like, the Joker, like, had the two boats... But then, like, and he was like, you know, one of you got to kill the other one. And then when they didn't kill each other, he was just like, well, I'm just going to blow them up anyway. Because I decided so. Right. But Which, that is a smaller scale scenario, so it makes a little more sense. Right. Well, Here, it like, doesn't make any sense that, like, he would just endanger all life on the planet as we know it. Just because. Because what we see from Doomsday, he could have killed everyone on the planet. Yep. Because he's that fucking strong. He's invincible. He doesn't die. The only thing that stops they the nuke tonight. him and it doesn't do shit. You know, he, he just gets stronger. Tonight. Right. Doomsday is impossible to deal with in this movie. He's a huge ass threat. It's it's terrible. Uh, I, so, I guess fucking Lex Luthor was actually going to destroy the world. It seems. So Lex tells, all right, well, you got to go fight Batman. Come back with his head, Martha lives. Superman's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And, like, has no, at the start, has no intention of killing Batman and wants to talk to him, but does a super awful job at this. Uh huh. And walks up at Batman and tries to say one word. And then, like, when Batman doesn't listen to the one word that he says, he just immediately attacks him. Yep. Which is stupid. Uh-huh. Superman's an idiot. Yeah. And then they start fighting. All right. This is so, one of the handful of cool scenes in this movie. I actually. think the scene is executed well. You could tell they thought about it a lot, and they read The Dark Knight Returns a lot. Yeah. Batman has this big robot mech suit that's like what he wore in that. Um, a lot of cool gadgets to throw at Superman. Yeah, a lot of fun knockout drag out shit. Yeah, because uh, they he, both get their blows in, but really, 
Let's be honest. Batman beats the shit out of Superman in this scene. Well, yeah. If if this is kind of something you always expect. If Batman gets a hold of Kryptonite, uh-huh. he's going to beat the shit out of Superman. Well, yeah. He makes these, these Kryptonite gas grenades. That uh, if he launches them into Superman, Superman breathes it in and it becomes vulnerable. And then Batman just beats the shit out of him, yeah. including was fucking hilarious moment where he grabs a sink. And hits him over the head with it. Yes. Fucking hilarious shit. Good time. So, yes, Batman just beats the ever-loving shit out of Superman, like, badly. Um, goes to deliver a killing blow with the kryptonite spear that he made. Mm-hmm. And here's the scene everybody talks about. Um, Superman says at the last moment... They're going to kill Martha, save Martha. And then he stops. He has some flashbacks to his mommy die. Yeah, we watch this scene again. Uh-huh. Thanks. Yep. Is Martha? Mar- why'd you say that name? Why did you say that name? And Lois Lane walks in. He's like, yeah. that's his mom. And then he has a realization that maybe... He's just human. We are not so different. Right. And Superman and is... And then instantly they are friend... They are friends now. (laughs) We don't have, like, barely any dialogue between the two of them now here. He's just like... By the way. He's just like, go deal with Luther. Yeah. I'm gonna go get Martha. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. (sighs) Admittedly, this scene where he goes to get Martha... Badass. ...is possibly the greatest scene in the movie, and possibly... I dare say one of the best Batman scenes ever filmed. However, it's in this movie. He also kills a lot of people. I don't give a shit. Neither do I. It's Not with this Batman. It's rad. Not with this Batman. I don't give a shit. It's already been set up that he doesn't give a shit and is, like, killing people. He doesn't fucking care. Some fucking actual Arkham combat looking shit in this. I love it. He does I love how he slams. just takes out all of these guys. There's so much impact in all of these hits. This is a great scene. Maybe Snyder should just only do action and cinematography, and yeah. I wouldn't hate it. <laughs> right. Because as soon as the scene's over, we're back into the muck of how bad the storytelling is in this movie, and he's like, you know, don't worry, I'm a friend of your son's. And she's like, ha-ha, I, I, I figured because of the cape. I was like, you fucking motherfucker, just get the fuck out of here. That's stupid. Yeah, so he, he does the thing from Dark Knight Returns where they're about to kill Martha instead of a baby with a flamethrower because Lex Luthor is edgy and says that she's a witch. She's the mother of Superman? Yeah, because she's gave birth to a demon yeah. or something like that. Whatever. So she needs to be burned at the stake by a flamethrower from uh, a Russian man. Yeah. How edgy... This movie thinks it's smart. It does. A lot. I hate it. Yep. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, Batman's like, I believe you, shoots him. Yeah. Then gets he Martha. He fucking explodes, by the way, because he shoots the, like, flamethrower, and it and, blows up. And then covers up Martha. Yeah, good thing his cape is like, you know. Flame retardant? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's kind of like a bit. That's a Batman thing, though. Sure, why not? 
That's that. That's existed long before that. I'm fine with it. Fuck the Nolan one, who's more realistic than this one. Had sonar in his shoe to summon a million bats. So fuck it. Right. <laughs> there's a there's a James Bond element to Batman where he just has like you know this gadget that does everything. But because there's no, time. I have spray in my helicopter that combats sharks. Yeah, because okay. There's no time. There's no setup for this, which kind of sucks. Um, I think it's sort of like very lightly implied that Alfred makes his gadgets. Which is awesome. I like that. I mean, I like Lucius Fox, don't get me wrong, but I do like the implication that maybe just Alfred does it. <laughs> That's cool, too. Like, this Alfred, that kind of makes sense. He seems like he'd be, like, smart guy. Fucking, you know. They both work on it would be cool, too. Right. Yeah. And then, like, but there's no setup for that. Nah. Because there's not enough time. Nope. Maybe you should have made a Batman movie first. <sighs> Probably. Yeah. Be, I would have loved this solo Affleck movie and I'm pissed it never happened and it never will happen because he's out as Batman yep but hey this Robert Pattinson one might be good we'll find it's out cool I I, th- I think he looks cool at least I'm, I'm digging the look I'm very I'm very much digging the look but anyway Martha's saved and Superman goes to confront Lex Luthor who makes a big dumb speech says it's your doomsday like an idiot mm-hmm. and then doomsday pops out of, of like a fucking like flesh cocoon it, it looks terrible <laughs> so he comes out and starts wreaking havoc uh, and all the while Wonder Woman's witnessing this yeah good old gal did the yeah and she's like oh well fuck here we go but not until she looks at those files about the Justice League you know and he gets an email from Bruce Wayne by the way that's a new notification for an email so is he like, Doomsday's happening, and he's like, I'm going to email <laughs> This is like, it, I think this scene actually happens before he fights Superman. What the fuck? It happened, but like, it's happened I so feel like after. that would be the only thing. No, that scene happens before that. But it's still like, why would he think to do this now? Sorry, no, because it's like it's like he emails her while he's waiting for Superman. They show him standing on the roof first, I think. And then she gets messages to him. So he's like he's waiting out. for Superman to show up, but he's just like, I'm bored. Pulls out his phone. Let me let me shoot let me shoot this bitch a text. <laughs> God damn it. But anyway, these scenes are really brief and like, you know, I don't hate them, but like they just shouldn't be in this movie because it's distracting from the overall plot. Uh set up a flash. Just really fast dude stops a mugging. Weird footage. So Aquaman finds him in the water, and then he, like, blasts off. Yeah. And you get the cyborg. Uh-huh. Who's this, you see the experiment happening. Yeah, the mother box goes on him, all that shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we get the Wonder Woman picture, too, showing that she's been around since World War One, and that ties into the Wonder Woman movie, which we're not watching. Nope. Because it's not a Batman movie. Nope. I wish we were, instead of Suicide Squad next week, here we are. Which isn't necessarily a Batman movie, but I'm counting it because it's a tie-in. So now we get the Doomsday fight. It's really long, but let's just say this. Uh, they fight Doomsday. And it's not as good as the Batman-Superman fight scene or the Batman-Saving-Martha scene that happened immediately before it. And I think a lot of the reason for that is it happens immediately after those scenes, so you're kind of tired 
<laughs> this movie is so backloaded with the action. Yeah, that it just seems like it will never have an ending, and it just keeps going. And and this scene even has like multiple starts and stops because Doomsday is taken into the atmosphere by Superman, and then they nuke the both of them, and then Superman is like floating in the atmosphere, all fucked up and zombie looking, yeah. which is taken straight from. Again, the Dark Knight returns, and then Doomsday, I guess the implication is every time you do a significant amount of damage to him, he, like, evolves and gets some more spikies on him, and then a big fucking DBZ blast happens and (laughs) hits a large radius around. But anyway, eventually we get to the point where it's Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman all ready to fight his ass. And they have that dumb line that was in all the trailers of Superman going, is she with you? And Batman going, I thought she was with you. Ha ha. Dumb. Wonder Woman's cool in this scene. Yeah, a lot of slow-mo. That's Snyder's typical action. Yeah, but she's like fighting this giant demon and is enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, Batman is just like grappling around avoiding to get it killed. <laughs> he's not really contributing a lot. He's just kind of like... He doesn't contribute anything until the end. Yeah, he gets to shoot a kryptonite thing at it. To make it vulnerable. Yeah. Scene would have been, this scene would have been better if it was shorter. Yeah, much, much shorter. God, it feels like they tied in a whole other movie at the tail end of this one. Yeah, it's too much. And it is too much. It is too much yeah. indeed. So Superman finds Kryptonite Spear and pulls it out after saving Lois Lane again. And <laughs> she knows what's about to happen. She gets upset. He says he loves her. And then, then we get the setup here where Batman shoots a grenade at Abomination Wonder Woman starts slicing. Doomsday, not a bomb. It's, oh, dude, look, I can't. there's a couple big monsters in all these comic book universes. I know. There's Abomination, Doomsday, Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> I know it's hard to keep dude, them I'm all. Terrible with this. Different I mean, in your head. It's it's a it's a notorious regular Gen and Jub thing that I'm Doomsday terrible with names. Looks a bit like. Uh, like a Lord of the Rings orc a bit. Yeah. I don't like his design. No, it's not very good. <laughs> it looks like a dumb blob with spikies. <laughs> yeah, so Batman, yeah, that. Batman shoots Grenade at Doomsday. Wonder Woman runs up and starts sli- slicing the fuck out of its legs. Yeah, and then Superman drives the spear into his heart. Yep, and then w- while that's happening, Doomsday just stabs his chest. And Superman's vulnerable because he's around the kryptonite. Yeah. So they both kill each other. Mm-hmm. It's the death of Superman, which should have been obvious that that was going to happen as soon as Doomsday was on the scene, because that's what he does. Everybody knew that was going to happen, like, as soon as, like, that one, like, post-Comic-Con As soon as they, happened, they showed that Doomsday trailer. was in the movie, that, like, I feel like all this stuff would have been more effective on day one if no one knew he was in it. Right. Which would have been better. Even but even still, it's still too much. That could literally be its like its own or, movie. Yeah. The death of Superman is a complicated event with a lot of crap happening. Even if you cut out all the other like multiple Supermans that show up after, uh, there's still a lot to it. And their fight is really good in the comics and a really good Superman story. But uh, here it's pretty bloated and tiresome after. 
sitting through 40 minutes of action already or whatever the fuck happened. <sighs> so Superman's dead. Everybody's sad, including Batman, who was just trying to kill him 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And um, they uh, so this was kind of confusing. We talked about this a bit. Uh, the world at large doesn't know that Superman and Clark Kent were separate people. So there's a funeral for Clark in Smallville and a military funeral for Superman in Metropolis, right? Uh And they happen at the same time. And uh, I guess the real body is in Smallville with his mom and everything. So, I don't know. I guess the other one is just not a body. They just bury a empty casket or whatever. Fuck it, I guess. It's sad. Superman died. No, no, no. He's gone. And then Bruce, you know, Lois Lane's sad. Mama Kent's sad. And, uh... Oh, smudge in the window. Okay. Cat in the window. And then Bruce, like, all right... I failed him in life. I won't fail him in death. We're going to assemble the Justice League. And Wonder Woman's like, well, first off, I don't think they want to. And second off, why? (laughs) And Batman just like, I just have a feeling. Which is terrible. Yeah. It's Batman. He he, he should probably be like... He should have been like, hey... The only reason Doomsday was stopped was because of him. We don't have him anymore. We don't have him anymore. So if something does happen, I'd like to have the best chance possible to defend our planet from crap like that. Who knows what else is out there? Would have been how it should have ended. Right. Then we get a dumbass setup scene. Jesse Eisenberg's in jail. Oh, no, before that, we get an Ultimate Edition exclusive where the cops come and get him, and he is in the ship hanging out with, uh, for some reason, Steppenwolf from Justice League. I forgot. (laughs) I I don't know if he saw him in, like, a vision or what. I think that's probably what it was, but who knows. I don't understand why he was there. Either way, it's bad setup for Justice League, and then they take him to jail. They shave his head. Hey, he looks like Lex Luthor now. Uh, <laughs> and as he's in jail, Batman pays him a visit and uh, gives him a big old threaten. But then Luthor just like, uh, the bell's already been rung. Ding, ding, da, ding, ding, da, ding, ding, ding. And he says ding a lot. Way too many times. And it is annoying. As has been his entire performance. Once again, imagine a Brian Cranston going like, dang. Dang. <laughs> dang. Just like slowly. I am the one who dings. <laughs> and then like that would have been like much more intimidating. Yo, possibly. He could have play it, pre- played it with a lot more manic, uh, dark energy. Right. Than, uh, you know. Facebook guy. <sighs> And then I guess the movie's over. Oh, thank God. There's a brief shot of the grave and, like, some dust comes off of it or something. It kicks up. Directly implying that Superman will return. 
despite being fucking dead. No shit. Completely, like, eradicating any weight. The whole point of Superman dying is that he comes back anyway. Right. That's always been the point. It's stupid. And yeah. And death of Superman is a concept that sucks if you're not going to keep him dead. Yo, probably. <laughs> but they never intended to actually kill him. They were just like, lol, let's sell comics. <laughs> and it worked. Very well. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't hate the death of Superman as a concept. It's fun. But like, it's... But immediately, it's, yeah. immediately after that, it just sucks. Oh, it got really stupid when there was yeah. like Cyborg Superman and the one with the mullet and all that shit. Yeah, it's wild. Holy fuck, yeah. mate. The 90s got, were like, wild. Um, got very terrible. <laughs> What if we got that shit? Mullet Henry Cavill. Oh, my God. In the black suit. Dude. That would have been hilarious. I would laugh my ass off. Cyborg Henry Cavill. (laughs) Shaquille O'Neal comes back as Steel. (laughs) Come on, man. It'd be sick. Steel is fucking hilarious. Well, maybe if we do Superman, we can count it because it's a related character. (laughs) We'll watch Steel. It's so funny. It is, it is pretty funny. All right, so that was that was Batman, Batman v Superman, Justin. I'm glad it took us two hours to talk about. Um, I had a feeling it would because it is a terrible flick. Yeah, uh, great. Three-hour-long podcast going up where I just like want to die the entire time because this movie sucked. Hey, it, ha- it happens a lot, dude. <laughs> Actually, lately it's been happening more often than not. Uh, we at least talked to, like spent more time talking about good movies in this Batman run. This it's true. is the, probably true. the second worst one, right? Let's talk about the response to this film. What do you think? What do I think? Not great. Yeah. No, I meant the public response, not mine. I know. What did you <laughs> expect? What did I expect when it was coming out? No, like, after seeing this film... Uh huh. Like immediately after seeing this film, you know the public response isn't going to be that great. Oh well, yeah. It's a bad movie. All right, let's well, let's go into it because this is some interesting factoids for Hit you. Me with it. Batman v Superman grossed 166 million in its opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada, which at the time was the eighth biggest opening of all time. Worldwide opening weekend was 422.5 million, which was ranked fifth biggest of all time at the time. I don't know if those numbers have changed, so I just decided to well, say that as well. Two, we had two other Avengers movies come out. So. Right, so I don't know. I'm going off of some Wikipedia numbers I checked, so I don't know if it was updated or not. But interestingly, the film suffered a decline of 58% by that Sunday, the opening weekend. Yeah. Setting a new record for fastest Friday to Sunday drop for a superhero movie, a record previously held by Fantastic Four, the Josh Trank one. Oh, my Lord, does it. Worse than this movie. Quite an accomplishment. So going into week two, the movie had a box office decline of 81.2%. The second largest decline for a superhero film, only behind Ang Lee's Hulk from 2003. (laughs) Going into week three, another drop of 54.3% from that number. So the film didn't have legs. Big, strong opening push. 
But word of mouth and the critical reaction, by the way, 28% on Rotten Tomatoes, mostly negative reviews there, kind of made people not go to see it. Didn't have staying power at all. So overall, the film grossed $873.6 million against its $300 million budget. But Warner Brothers, considering this was, you know, a huge event, Batman versus Superman, was anticipating a bigger gross of a billion or more. Uh, and pumped a lot of money into marketing for this shit. <laughs> so maybe that 300 mil should probably be boosted to like 600 mil when you Usually put all their costs it. into it. Usually you double it. Yeah. So Warner Brothers deemed the film disappointing. This of course they did. And yeah, of course, critical reception was poor. The common complaints were... Uh, everything (laughs) but i will say the normal edition uh in order to keep it to a trim two and a half hours (laughs) cut out a lot of things and some things that are irrational to cut out such as scenes explaining things establishing shots things like that things that movies need no instead of like shitty dream sequences Uh uh-huh and uh Unnecessary dialogue. Could have cut that stuff out to save time, but hey, what do I know? I'm just a person that didn't like that scene. Um, So the Ultimate Edition came out and fixed some of those problems, but can't fix the movie. It's, uh, can't redeem it. But the Ultimate Edition was better received. You can't fix what is fundamentally broken. Oh, yeah. But it is more tangible and improved if you watch the Ultimate Edition. However, it is longer, so that is up to you. If you have to watch this movie. I don't think it's worth it. Which you don't have to watch this movie. (laughs) I don't think it's worth it. I don't either. I was just curious because I had never seen this version. If you have to watch Batman v Superman, watch the version that's shorter. It doesn't (laughs) change much for you. (laughs) I I would say watch this version just because it explains shit a little more. I think that makes it a better movie, but it wouldn't like change like a score or anything like that. Yeah, my, the needle hasn't moved from yeah. seeing the regular and then the ultimate edition. Mm. So uh, this is all bad news, but plans had already been set in motion and Snyder was set to continue developing the DC Extended Universe in 2017's Justice League. That was literally the next year. <laughs> oh boy, rush into production. Let's go. Additionally, the DCEO was set to be expanded with future tie-in films, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. So, yeah. Suicide Squad came out the same year, the tail end of the year, November or whatever. Uh, It features Batman villains, Deadshot, Harley Quinn, and Joker. Batman is in it briefly. Uh, So, unfortunately, we are including it in our Batman series which includes related spin-off films. And uh, we will be watching that next. Oh boy. A movie that may be worse than this one. Speaking of which... God help me. Where do we put this movie in our rankings? Above Catwoman. And that's it? Yep. Oof. Um... Well, above Catwoman is Batman and Robin. Yep, below Batman and Robin. Hmm. I would disagree. 
You know what's really funny? But not strongly. You know what's really funny? <laughs> what? My opinion on this changed. If you remember, yeah. just a few short days ago, uh-huh. we had the opposite opinion. Did we? I said, above Batman and Robin, you said, nah, that movie's really funny. Yeah, but then in thinking about it, I think this movie pulls off some of the things it's trying to do. Yeah. So and Batman and Robin pulls off none of the things. Right. That it, well, it pulls off what it's trying to do, but what it's trying to do is flawed from the get-go. Yeah. So that so now that I've thought about it more, I've landed somewhere else. <laughs> where I now am thinking about it, and I'm like... Both of these movies have failed spectacularly. Yes. Right? Yeah. Somehow, Batman and Robin fails into absolute hilarity, where Batman v Superman, when it fails, it does nothing else but. Yeah, you don't have a good time watching this bad film. You just right. kind of have a bad time. You However, laugh a lot I would argue the point that there are good scenes that succeed on their own merits. In Batman v Superman. However, they are few and far between. But I like, think positives you can outline are Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, and a couple of those action scenes. Yep, Those are clear it. highlights for me. Batman and Robin, while it is incredibly funny, all of the humor comes from them fucking up really bad. Yeah, I know. And I, that's why I would probably lean towards it. But I don't think I want to push the issue. Because I would agree... That I would probably rather watch Batman and Robin again yeah, over absolutely. this movie. Dude. Ever again. That movie zooms in on the bat nipples once, and I get way more enjoyment <laughs> than I did watching the entirety of Batman v Superman. Yeah, like, just watching a, a random five-minute scene from either film, I would choose Batman and Robin because it would be funny. Right. I think, uh, uh, you know what? I, I think we argued similar things. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were doing like Texas Chainsaw Massacre yes. or something, because like we we ranked Next Generation pretty high, all things considered, <laughs> and that movie's fucking blows ass. But that's why we kind of enjoyed it because it was so fucking bad that it like defied belief. Yeah, that's kind of what that Batman being and Robin said. Is. I think yeah, I would probably rather watch Batman and Robin over this. So Sink I'll give it. it to you. Sink it. Sink that. So bitch. it's better than Catwoman. Yep. <laughs> That's what it's got going for it, buddy. Well, if I had to predict what would happen next, it Suicide Squad is goes, next, goes and it would be it, underneath Batman v Superman. Yeah, um, but definitely not as bad as Catwoman. But we'll see. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I really hate Suicide Squad. Me too. So. I rewatched Batman v Superman when it first came out because there were things that I liked in it. Suicide Squad I've only seen once, and I wanted to keep it that way. But here we are, and <laughs> like. I don't know. I, that movie sucks Remember so much. Remember when ass. Will Smith oh. shoots the things of that Kanye song? That's I okay. do. That's a good scene. I, good I scene. like Margot Robbie. And Will Smith. I like Will Smith. And then the buck stops. That's about it. Uh, everything else in that movie is absolute garbage. Most of the characters. The plot that moves along at the speed of a cheetah constantly never slows down. Uh, just info dumps on your ass the whole time. It's edited like garbage. <sighs> I'm going to have to assume it has to be real, uh, below Batman v Superman. 
So at least I can like kind of respect them trying something with Batman v Superman. Suicide Squad, I can't respect a damn thing in the film. Uh, so uh, there you are. We're the Patsies. We're some kind of Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. <laughs> so we the Patsies. We some kind of piss jar. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then it just pops up piss jar and neon letters coming November 2016. Fuck yeah, bro! So we'll see you soon, hopefully, uh, or or hopefully not, because we have to watch Suicide Squad. I hope I get infected with the coronavirus. Oh my god, Suicide Squad! <laughs> Corona can't get here fast enough. Let's go. Let's get quarantined, boys. <laughs>